0: For those who hold a hot coal with the intentions of throwing it at somebody, guess what? They're the ones who's going to get burnt. I don't want to hurt Deontay Wilder. I just want to beat him in a fight. And he knows what he's saying lies. And deep down in his soul, he knows that he lost. And he'll lose again. And he lost the first time. He lost the second time. And he's going to lose the third time. And guess what? After this fight, he'll be back working in that fast food chain that he was working at earlier on in his career that's the only place he's going mean, to be welcome to retirement for him retirement retirement the answer to your question is why you change for the first and second well that ain't the answer to the question that's another question so that's not an answer. If I only won because I cheated, why do all this extra training? Why do you because change, obviously why you, change obviously the you can beat me why you with the, the, the old training I was doing as long as I didn't so cheat. So ask yourself that question. And uh, you gotta ask yourself the question. If so I've done all this cheating, yeah? then why has he not prepared himself? He hasn't done any extra steps at all to stop me from why cheating you explain, again. Why you explain yourself? I'm not explaining myself. I'm asking you, you the you, question. You haven't denied any have done? to this point. I don't need to deny it because it's you true. Know what I'm you so haven't true. denied any I had allegations. I've called all You, don't even, want, you don't even want certain media in here to give all you the tough it. questions. All you all have nobody it. to
1: give you the tough questions. And there's nobody in here that can you? ask me a tough question. So when it's like you're that, in denial
0: and you're getting knocked out. Let's make it happen. How you gonna retire? You retire. You don't this, know nothing about nothing. Do yourself no a favor You don't have a power. Your legacy's in bits. Even in, even in my all worst... All the excuses. Even in my worst Even all time, the excuses you still, you've been destroyed. like a bitch. I didn't no feel nothing. No one's even nothing. believed you. I didn't feel They're anything. You're you like and a little piece, of piece of shit you up. really are. Everybody's laughing I didn't feel nothing.
2: Searle. 60. It's a 10 count 10. And the boys are just joining me now. There's Mr. Brew. Let's see where That's Mr. Up. There he is, Mr. Brew. Truth is MIA, but I guess it's mostly my fault. Totally. Totally my fault. How nervous are you for tomorrow? Because I know how fucking nervous I am right now, man. I'm oh, telling man. you. I know. I love you guys. You guys, I'm telling you, this is how much I love you guys. American League Wild Card game, Yankees, Red Sox tonight. And I'm trying to just like, like calm the nerves by chilling with you guys. Like, Yeah. I'll have it on. But It's probably better that you're doing it this way. <laughs> yeah, that's what I, like I literally... For your nerves. Just, bro, oh man. The thing is, is I, I've been saying it to everybody. Um, and we've started recording, just to let you guys know. I did a little mini intro that wasn't really an intro. Um, I was happy to be here until, I'll say, Wednesday or Thursday. And then when that series... Against Washington started, and I saw how good the Jays were playing, and the Yankees were starting to pull it yeah. out their ass, and the Mariners weren't going away. I was like, "Yeah, I'm not just happy to be here, man. I want the boys to pull this off, and they did." And I'm not hating on you, Jays yeah. fans, but leave us alone. It, it ain't our <laughs> fault. It ain't our fault that your manager forgets it's a hundred and sixty two game season and fucking leaves pitchers in too long. And yeah, yeah. if but, anything, blame the Yankees. Yeah, honest to God, <laughs> if anything, blame the Yankees. Can't get a fucking hit all game. And then, actually, you know what? I've been saying to everybody, if anything, blame Kevin Cash. Puts in the worst pitcher in your bullpen. With
3: yeah.
2: uh, but That was rough. You know what? The, <laughs> the Rays' revenge, I think, will come on the Yankees. That's just my prediction if they beat us. But I don't think they'll beat us. Uh, back on the Whiskey Tonight, fellas. Tonight, brought to you by Alberta Springs. Woo! Ten-year premium whiskey. And uh, Dr. Terp's s'mores vape pen which is (laughs) helping me quit smoking both entities of uh everything because I almost picked up the cigarettes again this weekend fellas that close that close man and it's been a year like it's been about a year so man I'm telling you brew like the itch just started scratching and I'm glad I had no actual available cigarettes but I can't Mm -hmm. tell you how many times I thought about buying a pack oh man
1: yeah
2: oh man Amen. Um, man. We got a lot to get to, fellas. We got a lot to get to. Like I said before, you guys joined us. It's a 10-count Once a week, we'll get together to talk about the latest and the greatest in mixed martial arts, boxing, and also, why not, professional wrestling. If I'm what not mistaken, I'm just, you know, I got to pick on you, Mr. Professional Wrestler, because yeah. I think it's today. Yeah. I could be wrong. I could be wrong. I think it's today. We're, we're recording on the 5th of October, for those listening um it's kiss a wrestler day or hug a wrestler day or not na- like it's some sort of holiday one of those fucking random ass days yeah come on come here, co- co-host brandy's here, in the baby. house come on brandy <laughs> she ain't doing it she ain't doing it <laughs> I, I gotta look it up though really quick i'm pretty sure it's like national kiss a wrestler day i saw it on instagram i thought i would send the-
4: your local wrestler need transfer day
2: <laughs> no it's today
4: co National Kisser Wrestler
2: Day. <laughs> check it out. Check it out. No, that, feel like- that
4: was send your local rapper. Oh, yeah, shit,
1: shit. Are you, that- well, you retired, so I don't know.
2: <laughs> yeah, no, October fifth, twenty twenty one, National Kisser Wrestler Day. They're big and strong, oh. straining under their rippling muscles. But for all that power, wrestlers need love too. This October fifth, celebrate National Kisser Wrestler Day and show your respect to one of the world's oldest and toughest athletic endeavors. I think it's pretty cool. So, Truth, I am blowing you the most brotherly kiss. Like, you know how the French... Brother,
1: brother, 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 brother. brother.
2: (laughs) But I felt like Ariel Helwani, you know, him in D.C. used to do the whole, like, it's national this day, it's national that day. I saw it and I was like, you know what, I I have to say that to you guys. And the funny thing is, it's the first thing I saw after the fucking Facebook crash collapse slash cover-up no. of 2021 um I gotta I guess real quick get to this one because it's pretty much the topic of conversation all over the world which is why Zuckerberg is going to make all his money back I'm not going to get into all the conspiracies of all of that but on the surface <laughs> fellas like yeah I could get into that man that's a whole like you guys said oh seven and a half hour podcast well if the longer we talk about this it'll be a seven and a half hour podcast <laughs> but I guess just from your guys perspective yeah. like I realized that I communicate with way too many people strictly on social media. And today was a big change of my own personal uh, communication base, how I communicate with people, getting people's phone numbers left and right today, realizing Mm -hmm. yesterday, like, holy shit, it was only gone for eight hours. But I really needed to get a hold of of some of these people, not being able to talk to you guys, not even like Mm -hmm. trying to like drift down to that corny lane, but just legit, like I'm losing my mind. I see this. I want to share it with you guys. At brew like the, the day after the wild card games i wanted to talk to you like here we go I know, but it's yeah. just like i can't talk about it because facebook won't let me and you know yeah. i had your number truth brew i realized shit i don't have your number anymore i actually ended up finding it i didn't yeah. you know charge my old phone and ended up digging through shit but that's how long it's been since i've texted you guys like it's just yeah convenient for you guys so I guess, like, did it impact you guys yesterday at all? Like, what did it do for you? Did did it change anything for you? Story about it yesterday. I know it sounds like it's a bit dramatic because we've had blackouts before, but it seemed like yesterday with the whole whistleblower thing and everybody communicating, especially for us locally, for those listeners all over the world, we're up to 27 countries now. Don't know how the fuck that happened. Cough, brew, cough, (laughs) brew, cough cough um <laughs> hey, we're only up to 11 on the on my dad show ah, I got you beat right now 16 yeah. countries Cyril is up 16 <laughs> countries although I got I did have a bit of a head start so you're probably you're <laughs> yeah, probably I'm gonna ready. you're gonna beat me by like episode seven or eight like it's gonna be like Bruce gonna have like I fifty. Got, I gotta do by some soccer
1: <laughs> I gotta do some like European soccer dad podcast hey man
2: when you have me on there you go that could be your uh your little well, hey. bridge to the soccer world right it could yep. be your bridge to the soccer right. world um but yeah i guess just give me your guys' like thoughts reviews everything yesterday because like it's just it's kind of shocking how and like i said to the viewers I, I yeah here i was doing the disclaimer about international people sorry to my international listeners um people all over the world like monday yesterday today we're recording on tuesday you'll be hearing this on wednesday but on monday here locally we started our passport vaccine passport mandate thingamajig bobby bob i don't know what the hell you want to call it but I haven't had to use it yet. The only time I've had to use it or or show the pass is at the Wanderers Grounds. Um, But Facebook has been the only place for a lot of people to vent and talk and have conversations and discussions, especially those who aren't vaccinated and those who are against the masks. And for them to not have an outlet on that day, I know there were a lot of people. Bro, I know so many people (laughs) were losing their mind.
1: That's just the note note I wanted
2: to make before we jumped in because it's like the one thing that stood out for me, like exponentially, not even being able to talk to any of these people or hear what they were saying. I was almost relieved. And you guys know me. I'm not a anti-anti-masker or an anti-anti-vaxxer. I'm for everybody having choice. But to not have to hear the people who had a choice bitch about their. Yeah, it was just it was nice. It was nice freedom, I guess, for. Lack Mm -hmm. of ironic terms, but yeah, just guys, give me your thoughts, reviews, reactions to yesterday. And I guess just like personal and uh, socially, Uh, I guess we'll start with you, Truth.
4: I mean, realistically, it wasn't that big of a deal other than what you said. It's like, shit, I don't have a lot of people's phone numbers. I'm like, Mm -hmm. it's probably going to be down for a little bit. But like, what if this is like a couple week thing or what if this is a couple day thing? And you know what I mean? I'm like, I don't have my coach's phone number. I don't have like when my bookers don't know how to get a hold of me outside of Facebook and, and stuff like that. Like, I don't even know if they have my emails. So it's like, what, what's, what's going to happen. That's, a, that's all I can think about really is like, should I start going around and, and collecting people's phone numbers and asking, you know, so-and-so if they got so-and-so's number, you know what I mean? Like, but that was my biggest concern was the communication aspect of Messenger. I, I never realized how much I used Messenger. Yeah. And the
2: thing is, too, like I don't use WhatsApp that much, but the fact that WhatsApp went down too, like that was just a whole other method of communication that people lost. Some people use WhatsApp literally as their primary telephone source. Businesses use it because it saves them from having to give their employees money to get a phone bill or so, or you know, to pay their phone bill or something. Cause that's like the circumvention of everything. That's what WhatsApp is all about. It's giving everybody the equal platform to be able to have a conversation with, with, with your boss, with a coworker, the fact that that went down too, like, the people that don't have phone plans just gone. Right. Like text now I mean, was one of the most downloaded apps. I think it was yesterday in Canada. And I mean, that's probably worldwide, but yeah, like when you go on the, the, uh, the Apple shop, bam, was at the top of the list yesterday. And I was like, <laughs> I bet you they were up to, it was probably them, the Joker laugh,
4: but um, I mean, yeah, like uh, it's for me it's like i don't i don't want to give my phone number to one hundred ten thousand people you know what i mean it's 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 a lot easier for me to add you on facebook and, and chat with you through Messenger if you know we if, if we ever need to talk but then it's like if that's all gone that's that's a weird one to start from scratch from you never really think about that kind of shit it's so it's so exposed or disposable to you right now you know what i mean it's so right there in the palm of your hand and then yeah it's one of those you don't realize what you got until it's gone kind of things And that's just for the messenger aspect for me It's not even about Facebook I can deal with just scrolling through my timeline But just the messenger aspect of it Yeah, how about you, Brew?
1: I can go with what you said And I didn't really care too much Like, I found out sort of early on um, You know, and then I actually went on TikTok And I found my pet peeve of all social media People bullying, you know, like People were doing TikTok saying, "Oh, ha face." If you're on Facebook, you're a loser. Ha ha. TikTok didn't go down, but uh, oh, are you there, Chris? Okay, it sounded like you look like you went away for a second.
3: I did for a
2: second there. My video cut out. My sound cut out. I'm like, this isn't even an internet oh, issue this time. This okay. is just like something's going on with my freaking laptop yeah. this time. But no, we're good now. No, it's we're Halloween season. We're, yeah, that's exactly yeah, what right. <laughs> Sorry, so no, brother. I, but no, um, that was a very good point. We were already getting at too. Yeah, continue. Yeah, it was
1: like you know my biggest thing i hate about going on facebook or instagram is seeing like it's not just the vax people or the mass people just people in general bullying you know oh if you don't have iphone you're a loser like you know what i mean I, I know i spoke in a previous podcast like i stopped smoking weed for a while and then i got back into it i don't smoke like i used to so i can't smoke to like i'll shoot you in the face cushion. you know what i mean like i smoke not not the crazy crazy shit or i'm gonna be sleeping you know what i mean so I've seen people online like, oh, if you're not smoking this, what? you know what I mean? So, you know, I I didn't miss that side of it. But, um, you know, there was a few TikTok rumors, people making TikToks like, oh, what if Facebook and Instagram are just gone? And that put some things in perspective for me, like mm-hmm. like you said, contacting people. Or, you know, for me, with, you know, maybe once restrictions go away a little bit, little bit, I just, I'm almost done my, like, I think it's my 12th studio album. I want to do some shows, but like how the hell are the promoters going to get a hold of me. They go on my Facebook. You know what I mean? So I was worried about that. And even just like pictures of my kids that I put on Facebook. Like, so that put in perspective for me once I thought, shit, what if this shit's just gone forever? You know what I mean? And I like my Instagram is uh, a little more popping than my Facebook is for like my music. You know what I mean? Like I have a lot of DJs and radio people and stuff like that. That if that was just gone, I, I don't even know half their names to be honest, unless they're in- inboxing me. So, you know it it there was a little bit of uh fright once i saw a couple of tiktoks saying this big conspiracy like it could be gone forever but you know it came back on and it didn't really affect me much but i you know if it did have an extended sort of uh issue then yeah it would have kind of fucked up my business a little bit
2: and i mean you guys know my instagram bullshit right now so mm-hmm. i was kind of laughing because I'm just like, you know, I get this <laughs> this naked Instagram account with like 20% of the followers I had on my one that got stolen from me, but <laughs> is everybody... Completely gone? Honestly, the the name is still like, it says it's still suspended. Every time I try to log back in it says it's suspended. So it's not like mm. it's available to make a new ca- account. Yeah. So I, I, huh. I'm holding out the slimmest of hope. The slimmest of hope, but... Yeah. They didn't give you the little boozy treatment at least. <laughs>
1: And just ban you for life.
2: <laughs> that's, man, I, it's just to me; those platforms got exposed so fucking bad on Sunday. And again, I'm not getting
4: into it, but the the, the timing of everything. See, that's one thing I'll say. I don't I don't know the whole whistleblower story. I, I tried looking at a yeah. couple of videos, but there's not really that directed me directly to what happened. Long yeah, story. I was gonna... yeah, sorry, no, go ahead. Go ahead, Chris.
2: Well, just long story short, basically she exposed what we already knew. Um, good news doesn't sell. I guess is what it is like meme culture works, but even like negative meme culture gets more comments, hits, likes, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Facebook basically, she basically exposed Facebook for what we already knew. And it's a shit disturbing platform Mm -hmm. that is an all encompassing thing. You almost like
4: Facebook came. as a company is doing this or just yes, Facebook yes. yeah. So
2: Facebook as a so basically what she was saying was, is the people in head office, the people that actually work behind the scenes the people that are staff members of the company know what they were doing. So just to use the, the United States election, for example, part of the reason why Hillary's emails seemed as bad as they were was because Facebook just decided to push it, even though it, and it ended up being true in the end. But they pushed it before there was any verification of it. Fast forward four years, pretty solid reason why Trump got out of office is because of Facebook. But then at the same time, the Capitol riots were literally planned on Facebook in private groups. Yeah. And we know that all was, about that was
1: the point I was going to make. Yeah, you know, and we something know
2: something significant like that was
1: really hyped up on Facebook. You know what I mean? So, mm-hmm. and- you know, what? the thing that struck a chord with me was the was that like her saying how like they can easily deteriorate young people's minds and just self-esteem and stuff like that. And they, they know that the effects, but it's just like, you know, one, one thing I'm worried about, maybe not per se for my own account, but she's really trying to push for the government to regulate social media. And in a sense, it's probably a good thing, but I think one if that sort of government, you know, entanglement comes in and I think that could really fuck up a lot of different platforms and this you know, is why all the,
2: this is why all the conservatives are losing their mind because oh, they're yeah. like holy fuck yeah. is this some trojan horse shit where she yeah. says this <laughs> then they yeah. legislate something and then next thing you know mm-hmm. all the conservative accounts are being banned for hate speech or whatever else where i yeah. mean you guys yeah. know that they're a bit controversial but it's not like ben shapiro or steven crowder are out there saying storm the Capital. They're not the ones that are saying that they don't support that. Alex Jones. Even he doesn't support it. And he was there. (laughs) No, I know. Yeah. He was even like, I I couldn't believe they did it. Of course, I was there to rile Mm -hmm. the crowd up. Look at the tens of thousands of people that were there. Of course, you're Alex Jones. You don't have Twitter anymore. (laughs) You don't have YouTube anymore. That's your platform. That's the new town hall. Mm -hmm. We're going back to like medieval times in a weird way. Yeah. If you're going to censor people, well, they're going to gather in person, enter the Capitol, mm-hmm. Facebook, Facebook, Facebook. So the, uh, the conservative conspiracy is not a conspiracy to me. It is a reality. I mean, if, if there is, like you said, if there's some sort of social media censorship, it's happening in Canada. I don't remember what C C something C 50, 55. I don't even know what the hell C Trudeau is trying to do with this yeah. whole censorship thing, but it's the same thing. It's genuinely the yeah. same thing. It's cutting down to the point where like blackouts and hockey are gonna be back full fledged unless you buy one of those fucking passes. Like censorship is gonna get yep. to a privatization of channels. Like we're really getting to net neutrality by accident. Mm-hmm. We fought mm-hmm. that. The United States
4: Supreme Court fought that. And now it's I got it. I figured it out. Okay, do it up. Trudeau's trying to get the internet censored. Stand up way. So he's not gonna get busted anymore going on vacation on holidays that he created. for indigenous people and didn't even like do nothing he just went on a holiday with his family
2: now i i spoke to an elder the day after treaty day was it treat yeah treaty day because it's Mm -hmm. worn shirt day um uh oh my goodness reconciliation what's the other word truth and reconciliation i apologize Uh, i apologize yeah (laughs) (laughs) So chris And then treaty day. So I I spoke to an elder on treaty day because that was my commitment to myself to at least Mm -hmm. listen, tell a story like I I even wrote on Facebook, you know, the lady told me the story of the, the ladybug, the lady who started Orange Shirt Day or something related to Orange Shirt Day. She wasn't allowed to speak her language, but the only the way she could preserve her language was speaking to this ladybug and the ladybug kept coming back. And there was something about the ladybug survived the winter, like stayed in the cabin with her. She always found the ladybug to speak her language to. Like it was just a beautiful story. So I told Jackson, Jackson told my grandfather. It was just the cutest thing because Jackson's like, she talked to the ladybug and, and she just talked to the ladybug before bed. He's <laughs> just, but it was just like, <laughs> this is what it's all about. Because as the years go by, he's going to know more bits and pieces of the story. Yep. So when I spoke to the That's elder, right. the elder actually changed my perspective on the Trudeau thing. And I'm not a Trudeau defender by any means. I can't stand the guy. But she said, Had Trudeau showed up to any sort of event, he would have been accused of and criticized for photo ops or putting his face in the middle of things, trying to make it about him. Him going on vacation and having the pictures taken obviously isn't a good look, but Trudeau not putting himself in the forefront of a day where we're supposed to be listening to the indigenous voice was respected by this elder. So I actually was like out of body experience for a second, like, whoa, wait a second. That's a really good point. Trudeau's not doing his normal, hey, look at me, whether it's Black Lives Matter or somebody accusing somebody of something, Trudeau has to sweep in and be like, yeah, this is terrible. Whether it's the pipeline or the clean drinking water, which he's still, you know, twiddling his thumbs on, election reform, Mm -hmm. this person, that, all the shit that this elder actually was like i think he did the right thing and unfortunately so many people hate him that's the conversation not what was truth and reconciliation all about what did it produce was it successful what did it generate it's still about trudeau almost by accident he didn't even mean it the paparazzi were taking pictures of him surfing you know i was saying to my grandfather the fucker should have just left the country like he stayed in bc so obviously the paparazzi are gonna freaking follow him he should have went to like hawaii or or florida or something just been like hey joe i gotta get away for a couple days the people are gonna get me but the elder said this to me and i mean i'm sure everybody that's listening in are not going to switch their mentality to that because i do have a lot of trudeau haters but i also have a lot of trudeau lovers so trudeau lovers Uh, use this in a conversation when somebody is hating on him when it comes to truth and reconciliation day, because it did change my perspective on things. And you know what? I still think he should have showed face. Um, But the elder certainly changed uh, my perspective. Mm -hmm. And I apologize for just continuously calling this, this, this woman, an elder, I I should know her name. I should actually do a little bit digging right now just to put the disclaimer in the episode so I don't get my ass whooped. But uh, it was a powerful day, man. And it was, you know, there's a lot of hate for it. There was a little bit of disingenuity to it. You know, going to Walmart and seeing everybody wearing orange was just like, huh? Why didn't Walmart close? Yeah. Like, to me, the, the businesses, the amount of business. Yeah, like, you know, and that's, there's no hate. There has to be a sector that, that has to work. And the timing mm-hmm. of things, too. I, I have to remind people, the timing of things. We're in a post-pandemic society where one day off for a lot of businesses is damaging, so... You know what was closed, I think, is appropriate. The banks, government, schools, <clears throat> things that don't need to generate revenue. They were closed. Yeah. Proper things as far as I'm concerned. As the years I, go by, I want to see more things closed. But I think this year all businesses are forgiven. That said, the Walmarts, the Sobies, all these places. Sobies actually, I don't think they forced it as much. Mm-hmm. But Walmart, like I said, walking into Walmart with my son and orange, everything orange, this orange, that now
4: I'm a hypocrite because oh, just I was going told- say, it, I, I hate to say it, but you just said it. You walked into Walmart. with Yeah, Chris, son. why were you shopping yeah. on on Truth and Reconciliation
2: Day? Well, <laughs> my son needed some friggin uh, what you call it. Um, oil uh, not oil but the uh, Vaseline and that was the cheapest shit so I had to go to Walmart there was no indigenous <laughs> store I could go buy some Vaseline <laughs> and I wasn't going on Google looking up a traditional Vaseline replacement therapy type yeah. of thing but um, yeah no truth I'm, I'm glad that you were going to call me out on that because I could I always call my hypocrisies and contradictions Oh, I'm that type of person that's why I see them so vividly and that was one of mine like yeah what am I doing at Walmart on this day but I had to go <laughs> Um, but yeah. that's what the pharmacies Sometimes are for. And that's like the pharmacies are going to stay open on that day for <clears throat> sure. And, you know, Dollar we're going to see. Yeah, like some places are going to stay open. <laughs> it's just a matter of things. But I do want to see <clears throat> more big businesses close. I got a few points. Just yeah, for sure. Brother. For sure. couple for things. Sure. Just
1: one thing I would like to see, whether it's Sobeys or Walmart or, or what have you. Is like you're open. The orange shirts is cool. Why didn't it like why didn't you invite somebody in? whether it's, you know, to speak or, you know, something, even if you're playing down electronics section, maybe you're playing a documentary or something like just showing some type of indigenous culture. Do you know what I mean? Like I would like to see something like that. Um, And just, I mean, going back to the, you speaking the elder too, it's uh, a thing. I sort of love about that is, is it shows the different opinions. If I'm using examples, the Colin Kaepernick, I can't tell you how many people from the army, the Navy that I spoke to that saluted him. Like we fought for the freedom for him to do that. Right. And then you had like Black Lives Matter. I saw more black people online downing Black Lives Matter. You know what I mean? Then I did people like, oh, rah, rah, rah. And for me, one thing I really hated was once they started bashing the organization because I was heavily posting Black Lives Matter, but I was posting because I want to matter as a black person. I wasn't like, rah, rah, the organization Black Lives Matter, it just kind of, I think the Black Lives Matter saying happened and then the, all of a sudden the organizations popped off and the, you know, significant amount of population that, that were white that hated Black Lives Matter were talking about organizations. I argue with so much of my my white family out west especially, who are conservative in nature and why they got a riot and why they got to die and I'm like, we have no other fucking choice. We knelt, we kneeled for a football game and you fucking had a problem with that. You know what I mean? So
2: it bugged um, me because they would always pick out the individual cases where it wasn't that nice. Oh, yeah. Some of the I riots know. obviously weren't acceptable, but they were yeah. literally like magnifying glass on that.
3: Oh, bro. But yeah. What's
2: happening yeah. around the magnifying glass? Like, yeah, that's, you know, you that's either, why
1: I say that's why I brought up those two examples, because um, I thought he should have showed face. I thought when when he showed up to Black Lives Matter rally, it although he is an opportunist and I'm not a big Trudeau hater to be honest with you. Like, I don't love the guy, but I don't hate him for all the reasons everyone else hates him. But to show up for that day, especially this year, especially with the way the indigenous people go at him. Right. And I thought he's, I mean, you see, you saw Jagmeet Singh, you saw other politicians, you know, owed and showing support. And, um, you know, I, I definitely respect the elder that you spoke to his opinion. Yeah. Cause I, that's the thing is that, you know, they were torn the same way Black Lives Matter happened. And some of us were torn, too. So it just depends who you speak to. And, you know, it just shows you there's more than one side to, to every story.
2: Yeah. And like I said, it, I almost had an out-of-body experience because that wasn't like I blacked out and I wasn't listening to her. But when she said that, I kind of like almost was looking at myself in my mind, looking like it was weird. I actually felt weird for a minute. Like I've never had a person say something to me. That hit me and completely flipped me 180 in a very long time. You know, people will do that over time as the conversation continues. But she brought this up out of nowhere. And it was bam. And here I was like, whoa, okay, I've been hating on Trudeau for the last couple days for not, well, not, I guess not last couple days, but last 24 hours because it was the day after. But like, I was hating on him on Facebook, on Instagram, like, you know, where was this guy? So yeah, brew. You know, like like yeah. The, the it was interesting to listen to that perspective. I still agree with you, especially considering he's the prime minister that created this. Just do something, whether even even if it's one of those corny little video messages. Have like, yeah, yeah, actually yeah, I wouldn't mind of that too. Yeah, I see your truth. You you you. Uh,
4: it's say, like, well, no. It's like. Okay, maybe he doesn't have to make an appearance at one of these big events. I get that. You don't want the big paparazzi involved around him and stuff like that. Even if he doesn't bring a camera crew, paparazzi is still going to be there. And the, be- and, the, and the people that are there, he is Justin yeah. Trudeau, right? So Exactly. I mean, yeah. it will make a huge difference if he doesn't personally bring a camera crew with him and he just does his <laughs> own thing. But it's like, why doesn't he just do something? Instead of just going on vacation, why doesn't he use that day to start making a plan for indigenous people and start, you know, uh, making a future and whatever, but no, he decides to use that day as a holiday to go on vacation on a Thursday. He could have sat in his office and, and, and with a notepad and and work things out and and try to plan things out for, you know what I mean? Like it's, Mm -hmm. but no, he went on a holiday.
2: Well, like a buddy of mine said, Mm -hmm. it's step one of him. Certainly not running again. Like he won. I gave you guys a holiday is yeah. i'm going on vacation it's literally like step one of him now like he's not running next election like he's yeah. Yeah. you know what i'm saying and, and we see it with politicians all the time they get in by the skin of their teeth and then their last term they just really truly don't give a fuck mm-hmm. and they just kind of coast it and yeah you know i, I don't mean to be that uh, blunt you know d- towards truth and reconciliation day i hope it lasts long after i die i think it's a day that should just continue to grow In it's sadness. We need to continue to hear the stories. We really, truly do. You know, last episode, I was chatting with Steve Steele about, you know, it was actually a really interesting conversation listening back on it about why do Black people keep making movies about slavery? And it's just like, you know what? The stories still need to be told. However, yeah, you know, I I would like to hear a different perspective of the Black experience in film for sure. We don't have the perspective of the Indigenous life. Mm -hmm. We don't have the perspective of the Indigenous person. This is what I want to see come from something like Truth and Reconciliation Day. Let's see bursaries created. Let's see schools opened. Let's see programs generated. Let's see, not to be blunt, the white man throwing some money at the brown man and letting them work. Or the red man, but I could get in trouble for saying that. But you know what? I ain't getting canceled. (laughs) But you know what I'm saying, man? There's an opportunity with this holiday to actually build a gap. And it's not just pandering. You know, let's see Walmart donate a million dollars to indigenous causes. Maybe it's just a tax mm-hmm. write off. But you know what? Money is money. And, you know, I, mm-hmm. I, I just I see a future with this holiday the same way that many holidays that have been generated in the last 40, 50 years that are mm-hmm. specific to a certain culture, race, religion, whatever you have it that has gotten more mainstream or has gotten more, quote unquote, popular. Mm-hmm. They've generated good things for the most part, not bad things. So I only see good mm-hmm. things with this holiday quote, unquote, again, because that was one of the things the elder told me, do not call this a holiday, call a day of reflection. And like she said, you know, should be treated like a Remembrance Day. Yeah. Then that's what she said. Like, there are other holidays that should not be celebrated as a holiday. Like she Mm. she talked about, you know, the innocence of youth and, you know, allowing the Easter's and the Christmases and all those Mm. things to be generated. But like she even talked about how Valentine's Day was a massacre.
0: Thanksgiving.
2: A massacre yeah. like every quote-unquote holiday comes from tragedy comes from some sort of sadness some comes from some sort of heartbreak right like it's it's quite interesting how yeah. she really changed my perspective on a lot of things and you know we celebrate family we celebrate life we celebrate relaxation because we work our ass off to get to that Christmas break to chill for a couple of weeks but yeah. you know it's a time for reflection and like she said don't call these times holidays, call them times of reflection. You know, I, I'm going to try yeah. to do that as my as I get older. And, you know, my son, mm-hmm. he's going to enjoy these days. You know, he's young, he's innocent. Mm-hmm. But as he gets older, yeah, you know, this is what Truth and Reconciliation Day is about, dude. Like, here's what's here's mm-hmm. what American Thanksgiving is really all about. Ours isn't too nice yeah. either. Like, you know, I'm, I'm going to break it down to him. So um, I see I see well, it's two
1: it's two strong words the word truth and the word reconciliation, you know mm-hmm. what I mean? So mm-hmm. it's the, the genocide and the things that happened to indigenous people, their stories, like you said, the stories need to be heard. And, and one thing I didn't get to speak to Nelda the way you did, but I, I wish I did this year. But what I took away most was the fact that I'm, I'm mixed race. So obviously my kids are, are mixed race uh, and LaVon is in school. So he's learning a little bit of, of some things. And he really only knows a bit of his black history. And my great grandmother was actually full uh, 100% Métis. You know, she grew up in a reserve and things like that. So I got to sit down with him and, and his mother also has uh, indigenous blood in her too. So I got to explain sort of that side of it. Right. Cause you know, when he was a little younger, he was like, well, why is my skin so white if I'm black? You know what I mean? And I was like, cause it's not your skin color, you know? So I got to sit down with him for a good, probably 45 minutes to an hour and just show him videos and explain some things. Right. And uh, so that's the main thing I took away is, is I'm a big proponent of educating our kids, especially who they are. And there's obviously millions of kids that aren't black or aren't indigenous and they learn too. But I I just love the fact of when a kid learns who they are, you know, like my, my mom was white. My dad was black, but my mom was the one when I got into grade 10 um, uh, I, I graduated grade nine. She took me to Cole's bookstore and a couple of bookstores and bought me like a dozen books on black history. And I was just like the Rob, I was like the rah, rah, Malcolm X, grade 10 kid because of my mom who was white, but she knew that, you know, my dad probably wouldn't sit me down and, and, and teach me that stuff. So I did, I read it all that summer and I, I came into grade 10, like super knowledgeable about my heritage. Right.
2: That's dope that's dope props for sharing that bro and i always say i i was blessed to be able to cross paths with your mother multiple times her and your father used to come to the club all the time and i would always tell you her and your father were the first people to show up and they were the last to leave man your mom used to always help me clean up the tables oh always yeah (laughs) oh yeah man (laughs) Sweet woman, brother. Yeah. May she may she rest, my man. May We're she always rest, waiting brother. on Ross. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's Appreciate. just it. That's just it, man. That's just it. Like I, I know she was helping me out of the kindness of her heart, but part of it was that man yeah. would not stop playing pool. <laughs> and, We're talking. And when did your dad stop drinking? Not to talk about his personal life, but when did he stop drinking?
1: Um, I was probably like in high school.
2: Yeah, that that, that sounds about um, he right. He
1: had like you know, I won't get super into it, but he had like a earth change, an earth, earth shattering life-changing moment with drinking and just honestly stopped just, yeah. and you know, he wasn't a super heavy drinker, but he was a very social guy played pool three or four nights a week. So he was drinking three, four or five nights a week. And yeah, something just happened and boom, he just stopped. Yeah. I've maybe seen him drink maybe two glasses of wine in 30, 20 years.
2: Yeah. I think literally yeah. the, freaking damn near decade I was at the club I think like, I saw your father have one drink yeah and your mother used to always talk about how it's been x amount of years since he's drank yeah. like x amount since he yeah. and it's it's a beautiful thing man and like yeah you no know, I I joke at the start of every show a glass of whiskey some beer this that the other thing you know I'm I'm going through it right now where I'm trying to quit you know I don't feel yeah. good when I drink I really don't yeah. man and I, I'm really trying to get rid of it and you know y- your father is an inspiration on that and your father's an inspiration for many reasons but the fact that he was able to put that down mm-hmm. that quick like that, man. And yeah, man, I, I give him all the props. Well, yeah. in the world. And he was the one yeah, that man. always told me I could quit cigarettes on the spot too. And I did. Yeah. So yeah. like your dad was a big reason I quit smoking yeah. too. So it's just
1: willpower. Right. And and yep. one thing I always respected about my dad is he could have, he stopped drinking and still had like the blood. He was the life of the party. Right. We, I, I took him to Vegas. I took him to Cuba and that man, you know, he, he was down in Cuba dancing with two 20 year olds, like just life of the party. And it was like, there's that old man, you know, like just everywhere he goes. He just, you know, he's like a magnet for, for people, just people person. <laughs>
2: Listen, if you don't have him on your podcast, I'm beating you too. I, I know, even playing right? With yeah. if, you ain't, if, you ain't, if you don't have your father on your show within the first 15 episodes, he's coming on my show instantly. I know, man. yeah. I've, ha- I've had your father on the whiteboard for a minute, literally. Yeah. Like a, yeah. One of those things that once we're done this shit, I'm not doing that. I'm not having that conversation with Ross over the phone. That's got to happen in person. So, yeah, for sure. Once this is done, man, I hope he's well, man. Tell him I said hello for sure, man. For I will sure. for sure, yeah. All right, we're gonna we're gonna switch topics now, folks. You know, we always start these combat sports shows with a little bit of little bit of current events, a little bit of this bullshit. We always we always right. don't mean to, and then it happens, and now it's kind of become a part yeah. of the show. And a lot of people end up messaging me about what we talk about in the first half hour to an hour of these shows, which is hilarious. But it worries me that nobody's listening to the combat sports shit. And then people also <laughs> shock me on that end, and they're messaging me about what we said on hour two, what we said in hour two and a half. And like I said, uh, I think we're up to sixteen countries now whoever man i all you people i don't know who you are thank you for listening like it's just a beautiful I thing love yous. it's it's love amazing like every time all. i every time i log on to anchor like this has been crazy like since i put out that episode like the first day of the episode triple digits and every day since then man 22 23 24 listeners every day like i'm shocked and it doesn't sound like a lot but listen guys like that's something to me like th- the last episode we did is over 400 listens It's audio sky's the limit Pod shop
3: yeah. baby.
2: Pod shop, pod shop, pod shop. Hell yeah. See, we need podshop the like yeah. we need like Add the we need network. the grad shop. We need the, the 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 graphic thing. But stay tuned for that too, folks. There's gonna be a whole episode of me just ranting by myself about what the hell the pod shop is all about. Even though these two fine gentlemen are responsible for this beautiful piece of work. Um, I'm just along for the ride, but I'm gonna Make explain why I'm along for the ride and why this is going to be hopefully the we're not trying to be the best network in the city but we're trying to at least be like the 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 remax balloon of the podcast game you look up in the sky and you see the pod shop it's like the bat bat signal right that's this is what we want to be you know what i'm saying we don't want to take over we just want to take part we're not conor mcgregor out here but you just um, want to be a part of it that's yeah like we're we're gonna have some fun with this and shout out to all you guys who have liked everything followed everything (sighs) subscribed left and right um The numbers are about to go up. The numbers are evidently already going up. Like I said, I'm getting some residuals from you guys already and and your friends and family and whatever fans, because like I said, you guys both have actual platforms
4: and fans. So I appreciate you guys. And I'm looking forward to this. Plenty of people. Yeah. I've had plenty of people hit me up and they're all like, you know, they they start talking about me things in the show and I'm like, Oh, Oh shit. You listened. Like, so, so then we start talking about, you know, the conversation that's happened to a few people that I had no idea that they even listened. So it's a, People are listening, bro. People are listening. It's getting there. Sky's the limit. This is day one, episode one, man. This trio. This trio. The sound about the three of us. Good show, bro. This is a good show.
2: Straight up, straight up. All right, fellas. Let's get into the, the bullshit, if you will. Truth. Before we get into the details, the nitty-gritty
4: and <laughs> bullshit.
2: How the fuck do you fix the WWE draft? How do you make this intriguing? How do you make this interesting? What's missing? Because I'm not going to lie to you. None of this grabbed me. I was not interested in watching SmackDown or Raw. I just was watching the blogs and going on Twitter and you guys telling me stuff. You guys spoiling stuff, which I love. I love a good spoiler. I love a good spoiler. I almost spoiled Venom on you guys, but I I had to bite my tongue. I, had to be like, I, ain't, saying, I ain't saying nothing. I ain't saying nothing. But how do you do it? I know they tried to do it when SmackDown first went to Fox. They tried to make it like the NFL draft. It was almost too corny. This year, it was almost too bland. How does WWE do it? Or do they just say, fuck the draft at this point?
4: Here's here's the only thing I can think of. Basically, KF. is so gone now so it's like we know things that we shouldn't as fans so when it comes to couples being together we know that they're going to keep couples on the same show so when becky lynch gets drafted i know seth rollins is right behind her when bel-air got drafted i know the street profits aren't far behind you know what i mean like so that kind of predictability sucks second thing i'll say is the champions should not be eligible to be drafted the champions period should be period. locked in on their show. Period. That's it. Period. I'm not even trying to cut <laughs> you off. Period. Yeah. It's one of the dumbest fucking things ever. Continue. It's, it's stupid. It's they. They should have their only position locked in. Like they should be set. You know what I mean? They're the champions. Yeah. Yeah. Third thing, I guess I'll say is the way they do this, like six round stuff and two nights, and it's it doesn't work unless you're gonna legit draft everybody like you shouldn't they shouldn't announce a draft on raw if it's um i'm trying to think of somebody very really quick that they kept on the same brand but it's like so-and-so that's already on smackdown just got drafted to smackdown and they make a big deal of it it's like but they they were already on SmackDown. you know what i mean like it's if you're gonna ma- do the switches on tv and then keep everybody that's already on the same brand there unless it's somebody major like roman reigns or you know what i mean like you're you top stars but again roman reigns is a champion so he should already not be drafted regardless you know what i mean it's 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 not it's so predictable so to speak so it's not intriguing to watch because it's not must see you have no idea what's going to happen compared to everybody's name going in a big jar they they roll it up and you pull a name out and all right you're going to nxt okay you'll see you later you're randy orton going to nxt you know what i mean like just crazy wild card draft shit but again it's it's so predictable those would be the three biggest grapes i have straight up so brew
2: uh, it's been how long since you watched wrestling prior to getting back into it? Now It was almost I want to say almost a decade. Oh, so you've seen
1: a
4: draft before? Actually,
1: more. Yeah, I did, but I it was like right I think right towards the end of me sort of paying attention. So I I was like super excited about this to be honest. Yeah. Um, and, yeah, a few takeaways for me. I one was my first number one point was what Drew said, where I think. I was asking him about like what happens to this person, that person. Like, you know, I think they shouldn't draft more people. Um, you know, that that was my first takeaway. Um, I I I was excited to see the picks, but as sort of a newer fan of some of these guys, I was like, I thought that some of the town, especially in the men's sort of men's roster, men's division. I thought SmackDown won that just, I know, I know raw um, or sorry, SmackDown was Roman Reigns is SmackDown, right? Yeah. 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 So I thought, I thought SmackDown sort of lost some of the men's roster because raw has Biggie, Lashley, Seth Rollins, you know, Finn Balor guys that can go for that title where I feel like it's thin with Roman Reigns, like Drew McIntyre, obviously, you know, and then you have like Nakamura who's, who's, another champ. But, you know, then Seamus, I don't see a lot of guys that are going to go at Roman Reigns. You know, I just see his reign being long again, where, you know, it might not be for Biggie. I, I do. I hope Big E's reign is long, but, you know, with so many talented guys sort of on the, on the raw roster, I felt that was a little bit yeah, leaning towards raw. You know what I mean? But I, I also have a question for you guys, because is this, Sort of an answer, a short-term answer for the ratings for the AEW beating certain Mondays or certain Fridays. Do you think they sort of loaded the men's roster on Mondays, sort of negate that a little bit? Because I feel that way, but also, like I said, I I don't have enough experience with it yet to to say that for sure. So I I thought I'd ask you guys that. What's your opinion on
4: that? That's an interesting angle, Truth. I'll say this one thing I was listening to 83 weeks. I don't remember which episode it was Eric Bischoff's podcast. And they were talking about this whole ratings, quote unquote ratings war between AEW and WWE. And is AEW really beating WWE in the ratings and blah, blah, blah. And when it comes down to overall numbers, no, they're not. They're, they're not beating WWE's numbers. And they all talk about the 18 to 49 demographic. Eric Bischoff brought up a good point. It it makes sense the 18 to 49 demographic doesn't mean shit to anybody minus advertisers. Mm-hmm. And if you're going to think advertisers are looking at a W over WWE, regardless of the numbers, you're crazy. You know what I mean? Oh, like, yeah. so it's, it's, it's really apples to orange. You know what I mean? Like it's, yeah. there's no comparison to, <clears throat> to the, the hype and, and you no know, WWE is global. Yep. Literally yeah. they are, they have their footprint yeah. in every country around the world.
0: They're the UFC of
4: wrestling, exactly. You know, and they're literally yeah. just getting ready to go to Saudi Arabia for yeah. a, a massive show. Yeah. AEW can't even get out of the country yet. You know what yeah. I mean? Like, so it's there's no there's no real comparison when you're talking about the 18 to 49 demographic yeah. and, and it's, shit like that.
1: I have a secondary question. With,
4: I guess it it probably pertains to the 18 to 49. Do
1: you, do you think? So I was reading, uh, it was an article maybe last week. And they're talking about, I don't know if it was Rochester or Buffalo. There was like an event in December, and there was like 78% of tickets sold already for AEW. And the the week before that is, is the WWE event, which only had like 26% of the seats sold. Is that is this is that just the hype of like CM Punk and and Brian, you know, you know, Brian Danielson and whoever maybe the fiend. Like, do you think that, do you think that 18-49 group is what's pumping those sales for that, or mm, the price? Like you know, the WWE is going to sell out that ticket. The prices are for cheaper. AW?
2: The prices are cheaper. Yeah. The prices are <laughs> the prices are cheaper, and yeah, what they've oh, been able to. Okay. Yeah, because the cons yeah. have so, so much younger money. People
1: are probably like, oh, you know, I'll get this, but yeah, I think also, I- <clears throat> yeah, I I had a sort of a take on it too, just that. Like True said, it's like WWE's global. So I feel like, you know, they're selling out, obviously. How quick it happens is like, who really cares? You know what I mean? It, so I didn't take it. That is a big percentage difference, you know, it, that close to shows. But maybe I think with the younger generation maybe thinking October, whatever hits, boom, they might have the Fiend or Bray Wyatt, not the Fiend, but whatever his next character is going to be Uh, you know, are they jumping the gun on that maybe hoping boom they're going to see him at that event
4: well you i mean you mean? said earlier with the, the cm punks the daniel bryans and mm. stuff that, but a lot of people are happy just to see cm punk again that's one yeah. of the main reasons why tickets are selling a lot You know, what yeah I mean? true, but yeah. it's there's again me being the wwe loyalist and the big fan my whole life it's AEW is a hot product right now man it's, it doesn't yeah. surprise me that tickets are selling quick it really yeah. doesn't yeah. It's just a matter of how long they can they can withstand that. You know what I mean? Yeah. There was once upon a time where WCW had WWE or sorry WWF at the time apparently selling water coolers out of the office because they couldn't afford it no more. You know what I mean? Like yeah. it's, they were yeah. getting ready to close the doors on WWE. Mm-hmm. So and that was through an eight like you know an eighty three week quote unquote period where they were beating WWE in the ratings for eighty three mm-hmm. weeks straight, and that yeah. was head to head every Monday night. Here's mm-hmm. another thing Eric Bischoff brought up. AEW is getting all these numbers going against nobody on Wednesday nights. Mm-hmm. Monday Night Raw is going up against football every Monday. Yeah, you know it's, what it's, I mean. There's a there's a huge number <laughs> gap there that's not going to watch. You know what I mean? Like it's mm-hmm. it's it, you can't compare it as a war. You just can't. It's yeah. it's not even
1: close. Our, I, I guess another question is, it, I don't only because I don't know. I know it switched um, networks, but. Like, was that the reason NXT moved? Yes. Tuesday, because they were losing the ratings every Wednesday? Yeah. That's
2: uh, no. Can I, that's, well, no, no, no. That's can, the rumor. So, so but can I can I do this one real quick, truth? Because this is kind of back to yeah. my original point that I was gonna make, and I almost forgot wait, when wait. you just said that it kind of like just sparked back in my head. Uh USA Network Fox, they're both mm-hmm. it's uh, doctor's office channels, if that makes any sense. They're, they're just on in so many different categories and so many different places that a percentage of the ratings and a percentage of why the advertising fees are so high is because so many places just leave Fox on their television 24-7, whether it's in a waiting room or in an office or in a mall or whatever else, right? Same thing is with the USA Network. I think it's the number two or number three in America. TNT. Yeah. It's so fucking low on the totem pole. And I don't know why they're moving from TBS. I'm assuming because basketball is coming that AEW is just not going to have the space for Mm -hmm. it. So I honestly do kind of worry to an extent if AEW are stuck in the United States for the next year, how they're going to be able to maintain this talent base. If so many people aren't watching these shows because they're up against a lot of other stuff, That being said, Mm -hmm. I think they've curved out some pockets and we've talked about the fact that they've got the YouTube show that draws 300,000 to sometimes a million people an episode. They're going to throw the punks on there. The Daniel Bryan's on there just to get people tuning in on YouTube, just to get people watching the clips, just the advertising money is there, but I don't think AEW is worried about clearing an advertising ceiling because the cons are just, like I said earlier, the cons are made of money. They're not worried about it. There's nothing they're they're not trying to catch WWE in the advertising scale. They're actually trying to get, in my opinion, the tangible numbers. And they are competing and are in a war by definition when it comes to actual physical numbers within that advertising base. The only difference is is people don't care that are actually selling products because there's a thing that with WWE, that it's legacy. And a lot of the WCW advertisers and brands from the 90s followed to WWF slash WWE when the merge happened. They're not going back to AEW. AEW is creating a whole new brand and consumer base around what WWE has monopolized for the last 25, 20, 25 years. So, yeah, yeah. sorry. I,
1: I I do enjoy AEW, but I can say the one thing I don't like about it Is so I know they're probably not going to sign both these guys, but like Braun Strowman and Bray Wyatt, with signing all these WWE guys, I think you're taking away from the talent that's been with AEW. From jump, you know, I mean, like there's, I agree. I've enjoyed seeing these new guys, even you know, and that's that's so I I want to see Bray Wyatt. I want to see Braun Strowman. You know, if they're not in WWE, I'd rather be AEW because I don't watch anything else. But.
2: And I think I that's, a, that's like a core of the f- some of these guys that were groomed. Mm. I'd be a little upset. And that's a that's a core of the fans is people like myself who know who Brian Cage was, who knew who Orange Cassidy was, who knew who Kenny Omega was like those were AEWs. They were the globe, right? Like the snow globe. I'm, it's a terrible analogy, but like those fans kept everything in. And now it feels like the cons shattered that snow globe because they wanted to play with the figurines inside and put some better ones in, quote-unquote. But, you know, a chemistry thing will happen. You know, you're talking about real, true, talented, choreographic wrestlers and then guys coming in from WWE who are extremely talented, but they have a certain base. It's Adam Cole does not look like Adam Cole in WWE to me. And maybe it's because he's trying too hard to be something different. Maybe it will evolve into something. But there's not a lot of WWE Just- talent that, that have really crossed over for me, aside from Moxley. But it's because he was able to be the old Dean Ambrose again in this John Moxley character, so it worked. But I can't think mm-hmm. of an ex-WWE talent that has come over. I mean, maybe Miro, because he was like that old Rusev again. Like, he wasn't Pussy Rusev, pardon my language. He was like kind of that... When I first started watching again, like Rusev Day, like he was a bit of a dominant guy. Like Miro reminded me of that. But everybody's just like a different character, a different demeanor. It's just not quite as quality or entertaining. Like Punk has done good, but he's not great. Of course, it's because he's been on hiatus for so long. But I don't know. I just feel like everybody's trying too hard. And I I, like Bruce said, the talent that doesn't have to try too hard. This is their base. This is what they do naturally. This is what they've done naturally. This is their brand. They're not getting the airtime that they once had.
1: And I I wouldn't blame the cons either. Like it, you know, these guys aren't old and washed up. So, you know, we always sort of do the comparisons with MMA. Like if Bellator, you know, had, you know, I don't know, a Dustin Poirier, you know, just all of a sudden get dropped from UFC. Like Bellator would be stupid not to go after this guy. You know what I mean? So I understand why they do it. I'm just thinking – Maybe I'm thinking too much into it as a new, new again sort of fan. Is I I worry about those the sort of homegrown town. I guess
4: I just the biggest thing you're seeing, like especially with all these character work, like Daniel Bryan, like Adam Cole. You mentioned he's, he's he said you don't see any WWE version, but that's because you're seeing Adam Cole for who Adam Cole was before he went to WWE you got to think these guys that go to wwe and they get quote-unquote vinced or they get quote-unquote wwe eyes so yeah. that's one of the reasons why nxt works so well for these independent guys that showed up your adam coles your finn Balor's, your shinsuke's your bobby Roods. they have a chance to go through the wwe system and learn how to beat wwe wrestling in a small time show like nxt and then you get the you know, you get the spotlight of the big takeovers and yada yada yada, and then you eventually get your call up to the you know the big show. That's why it worked for you know a guy like Bobby Roode who's been around in, in TNA and Impact forever and you know made a big name for himself while he started off in a quote unquote developmental league because these guys are learning how to wrestle WWE style. WWE yeah. has their own style, like if that's true, me for example, anything that I'm doing right now. I don't want to say it's a waste, but it's it's I'm gonna be retrained if I ever go to tryouts or WWE. You know what I mean? Like they're gonna yeah. train me their style and how they yeah. want me to wrestle. You know what I mean? Like that's yeah. just how it works, and I <laughs> I get it. You know what I mean? They have a product, and 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 it made, and a, a quality they want to maintain. Mm-hmm. And I get I I get it. It makes sense. Yeah, that's true. And, and I mean, there's there's a
1: reason why they are who they are. You know what I mean? exactly exactly as much as people sometimes downvince for the iron fist. Sort of style, it works, and they they're the WWE
4: for a reason. Yep. Right, and you, and you got to think every every literally everything that happens in that company comes out of Vince McMahon's mind. He might not come up with it, but he was told it and okayed it, or he you know said go back and do something else. So like, Vince McMahon is the one who AOKs absolutely everything in that company. Yeah. And that's kind of the way it should be sometimes. If you're yeah. gonna be a boss of a major corporation like this, like it's What else are you going to do? You can't be having a hundred different people making a hundred different decisions all at the same time. Right. Yeah. Straight up, straight up. I'm just glad you guys continued that
2: conversation. Little man was like, I got to use the bathroom, daddy. I'm like, Hey, (laughs) the boys are rolling with this one. So this is wonderful. (laughs) This is wonderful. So I guess truth, you're more in tune. Like brew is newer. I, this is my first draft second, but I don't really think I was really into it enough with that, that draft a couple of years ago to like really truly gauge who's moving where, et cetera, et cetera. Who was the big surprises for you on both ends? I mean, for me personally, just to like throw it out quickly, them breaking up the new day just made no sense to me. I, I, I just don't understand them doing that with them, having the, the, the fans back. They're clearly drawn back to them. They're getting the biggest pop of the night and during most shows. Why did they bother breaking them up to me? That, that was my big surprise on the negative end, on the positive end the last pick of the whole goddamn draft, man, you guys spoiled that one for me. And I was just like, shit. Okay. Damn image likeness and whatever deal. What put that shit right into play right off of bat. But, um, I guess, yeah. Truth. Give me like your surprises on both ends, I guess, like you're positive and you're negative of the night or nights.
4: Uh, my positive would be probably, um, the Gable Steven, that's that's kind of a hard thing not to look at. You know, what I mean, it's that's kind of a big deal, especially when you know, he's he talking about going back to school and doing all that stuff. So it was kind of really unexpected to see him getting signed up already. Um, but there was like, I, like I have both of the lists in front of me now, but it's a lot to kind of go through. But it's they broke up a lot of tag teams. Yeah. Um, I, I, I enjoyed the Austin Theory call up, uh, all the stuff with Jeff Hardy. Um, him coming out and being the fanboy, i want a picture blah 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 and then uh yeah. and then laying him out and then getting a selfie when Je- jeff hardy's locked on the ground. that was good but i don't know if you guys noticed there but jeff hardy was kind of hinting at a return of an older character mm-hmm. might be bringing back the the willow gimmick i don't know maybe we'll see uh, you never know what wwe these days though but um <laughs> for the most part again it's i'm my biggest disappointment is like biggie or not biggie um Becky Lynch and Charlotte switch back and forth. So it's like, but one's the champion of Raw, but now she's on SmackDown. So now they're just going to do the dumbass, give each other the title switch around. Unless something crazy happens at at, at uh, Crown Jewel coming up, but I don't know. Um, but other than that, there really wasn't that that big of a surprise. Hit Row getting called up was, was cool um my boy I, I can't i can't even say that my boy rich holland got called up to smackdown that was dope i'm excited to see what he has but at the same time i'm like oh he's gonna get Vince. <laughs> he's gonna get Vince. he's gonna come up with like a, a some kind of you know british gimmick swinging around at billy club like a british cop or something i don't know man like you know what Vince is like i'm scared i'm scared but it's uh other than that honestly it was it was your typical draft. It really was, especially with all these new rules. What I don't get, and I forgot to mention this earlier, is everybody who didn't get drafted apparently has the right to choose whatever show they yeah, want to go I on. I
2: saw that, the too. Like, that, like that is one of the dumbest things ever. That's the case of, like, Wait, don't like, draft me. I don't want to get drafted. That's what I'm saying.
4: <laughs> <laughs> like, what the fuck is the point of that? in yeah, previous times true. if they didn't get drafted on tv they would put out a list of everybody that got drafted afterwards or whatever you know what i mean but it's like no apparently they get the choice to go wherever they want i got i don't know man a lot of this stuff doesn't make sense like uh, uh, shinsuke getting drafted with um uh, uh rick Boo. <laughs> I don't get why they get drafted together like as a team but they're not a team like it's i i, I don't know man a lot like, of stuff was confusing but being... overall the gable stevenson was pretty cool
2: yeah it was pretty cool that was pretty fucking cool um i'm so glad i was on mute there you guys probably saw me losing my mind xander bogart's two run home run bottom of the first two nothing red Sox baby Stanton almost hit one over the monster it hit high but uh, they kept him on first Um, I guess just to kind of put a cap on the whole draft thing and and truth, this is probably a good question for you to answer. Although brew, if you want to chime in, is it worth making the draft a pay-per-view? And I know that sounds silly, but you could have guys, you know, you're talking about fighters having the choice that are undrafted. Well, why not give people that are in a tangible position in the roster a match where they can choose what roster to go to, or you could either choose to go to a roster or you could be a number one contender for a title. Like, they should make the draft maybe a little bit more of a off-network fiasco and make it a pay-per-view. To me, it just wastes two okay. nights where they can sell the product. Having the draft available to everybody to watch, to me, is not as much of a television draw as they think it is. Although the numbers may prove me wrong. I haven't looked at them one bit. I just know SmackDown didn't get as much of a bump as I thought. You're pointing at me. No. You got
4: something to say. I, need- uh, I was, I was going to say the two, the two issues with that is, okay. one, WWE doesn't do pay-per-view no more. They they WWE broke the pay per view model. They really did. As soon as they brought the network in, but two, it should be a network special, not on RAW. Like a pe- not well, on you,
2: you got Peacock now, so that's a great way to sell Peacock. The die wrestling fans will buy Peacock if they don't have Peacock or do the one day registration thing exactly. to watch the draft. Yeah,
4: hundred percent. But but they have to make it a better event with more surprises, more reason to tune in. Other than tuning into the network to find out that Big E on Raw has just got drafted to Raw. You know what I mean? Like it's it's that's the shit I'm talking about. Like it doesn't make no sense. It's there should be some kind of something. I don't I don't I don't know how better to articulate it, but it's like a, why make a big deal of somebody already on a brand getting drafted to that same brand on television? I don't yep. I don't know. That's boring to me. Somebody yeah. from NXT should have got that spot.
2: Well, I mean, I'm glad that Bruce said that, too, in the chat. Like, he was upset that there weren't more NXT call-ups. And with this NXT 2.0 thing, I actually thought there were going to be a couple yeah. of what you were just saying. Truth surprises. You know, this is super ambitious. It's never going to happen. But Johnny Gargano. And then, you know, since it doesn't kick in until after Crown Jewel, you've got a couple of weeks to write him off of NXT somehow, some way. I know that's like I said, ambitious. doesn't make any sense. He's well into the NXT 2.0 thing right now. But there's other people that are kind of on the cusp, on the outside looking in. Mm-hmm. Great way to maybe bring in Imperium, right? You draft Walter, but the whole damn crew comes out gangsta as fuck. Now, Walter obviously doesn't want to leave NXT UK. That's just one of my ambitious examples of how to make the draft yes. more appealing. So, you know, I, I just appreciate your insight, too, because like you've been watching probably every single damn one of these things like you're a draft veteran um i I, said i I wanted to to go
4: back to the first draft
2: well this is what i was going to say actually like before we moved on and i wanted to move on off the last topic but this question kind of popped (laughs) in my head and i think this is really a good one to end it with what was the best draft in past times and what were they doing in the past that made the draft more appealing that they're missing right now
4: the first one was the best one for the sole reason that it was, nobody was assigned to anything. It was literally just a, uh, I do. I do remember the first one. And I do remember the first you the one, You know what I mean? The so the first was, one was kind of cool. Cause it was like, it was a real draft. You know what I mean? Yeah. It was like, instead of those guys out there announcing, so-and-so just got drafted with raw and so-and-so just got smacked. There should be the GM of raw and the GM of SmackDown competing to get the best talent. So it was like, Oh, damn it. You got him. So now I got to go to the next guy on my list kind of thing. You know what I mean? Like not, already pre-planned i know it's wrestling i know it's already predetermined but god damn it make it still real to me damn it <laughs> <laughs>
1: uh, oh that's
2: a beautiful thing Man.
1: that's a beautiful thing i, I want to chime in too just yeah for just sure my well my positive and negative was the same as truth but i one thing i've been enjoying the most hasn't been the main events it's been the tag team right I, I'm super getting into, you know, because I've, I've heard so much about New Day. I've heard about th- these different tag teams, so I'm, like, super getting into it. So, I was just going to say, like, I sort of feel like I feel like there's been a mistake with Raw in that I mean, if I'm looking at the thing now, it's RK, bro, AJ Styles, and is, oh, how you say? Omos? O- Omas. Omos, sorry. The Street Profits, the Mysterios, right? Alpha Academy, Dirty Dogs, Hurt Business. I'm like, me watching as a new fan, I feel like RK Bros are on the verge of breaking up. I feel like the Mysterios are on the verge of breaking up. You know what I mean? And are and, splitting these guys. I feel like AJ Styles and Omos, I feel like they're grooming Omos to be that monster of a solo guy. So I'm like, maybe it's not today, tomorrow, or a week a month, but I'm like, why would you draft so many tag teams that seem like they're on a split? And then, mm. you know, if I'm looking at SmackDown, it's 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 goons it's like man it's i love it i can't wait to watch like the usos new day Micro raiders you know what i mean like happy corbin and, and what's his name and then like hit row to me like i i love watching hit row on nxt so i'm like you know they're just, all legit tag
4: teams on smackdown that's what i'm saying Not and it's like i can't see guys those together. guys
1: breaking up right it's it's you know the only thing i could see with hit row is maybe um like Adonis and Top Dollar being tag team and the swerve guy being a solo. Do you know what I mean? Like, but, but that's they're still that's, together as a faction. Yeah, that, that's what I'm saying. Yeah. So it's yeah. still those guys. So, yeah, that's my biggest takeaway it's just I like watching, I enjoy watching more the tag teams. And I think SmackDown's drawing me to Fridays mm-hmm. because of this. I think, man, the Usos and New Day alone.
4: Yep. You are right.
1: going to rule this until there's another draft. I'm like- All
4: right, Chris, so, so write this down. Uh, we got the Ustos and New Day feud for Brutal Watch and the Watch Long, and then we'll have, uh, back in NXT, we had DIY and the Revival and Alpha Academy. They had incredible uh, matches.
2: Yes. So I got yes. some
4: Watch Longs for you, with Tag Team Wrestling, my friend.
1: Oh, yeah. <laughs> Here we go.
4: I'm just, uh,
2: that's my big disappointment was the Big E getting split up with the new day like i said off the jump man it's just one thing yeah man. that hurt with the fans back in and they just like i said they got the pop like what what do you accomplish by breaking them up i just don't feel that that was you don't feel the, the power. power no i don't i genuinely don't i just it's weird for <laughs> me saying, like, you don't feel it but, you know, maybe Biggie loses the belt and, you know, I, I have to switch his shows. Maybe there's a trade. And that's the thing, like not having any GMs or anything makes it so hard to take the draft truly serious. It's just like it's still the all overseer kind of picking who and choosing yeah. who goes where. <clears throat> and you said it truth, knowing the relationships and the personalities yeah. and stuff like that, who's friends with who, who's in a relationship <clears throat> with who, you, you kind of know who's going where. The Brock Lesnar thing kind of pisses me off, though. Although it is kind of cool that it fits in with the storyline because it makes things kind of like loosely intriguing. Like, is Paul Heyman still pulling <laughs> strings? So blah 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 blah, blah. Yeah. and yeah, it keeps Brock on the road. You don't know what show he's gonna pop on, who he's maybe gonna feud with, etc. Cetera, etc. Cetera. But I wanted to see Brock get picked by something to show a bit of like not weakness, but bring it back to yeah, Heyman is with Roman Reigns, and then maybe something else will happen on the other end, like. This just keeps drifting me towards Heyman is pulling the puppet strings and is trying to get Roman beat. I don't know. I don't really don't know where that one's going, man. It's so weird to me because yeah, we know they're fighting that crown jewel, but I don't know if that's the last time they're going to fight. Like it just seems like that's just no. part Warnly, one.
4: The rumor is now the rock thing is not happening. Unfortunately, and they're going to go right through the WrestleMania. Yeah. Do mm. you think the rock thing is going to happen at all? Next year, Hollywood. Some, oh, okay. and it doesn't need a summer belt. slam it doesn't need a belt that's the thing right it doesn't need no, a belt. no it doesn't I don't know I mean hello. you want to keep Roman Reigns the champ till then I'm happy with that too fans might that get bored that of that but I'm,
3: I'm,
4: I'm fine with a dominant champion bro because when yeah. he finally loses it okay okay
2: okay 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 so you got the, you say yeah. you got the list in front of you let's do this but quick before we move on for the third time trying to move on from the wrestling conversation <laughs> <laughs> you got the list in front of you I do yeah Who's left? Do you who, want the men's, women's. Well, effort? no, like who hasn't Roman faced for the title that's on oh. the SmackDown with him right now?
1: So the whole men's crew is Drew McIntyre, Nakamura, Cesaro, Jeff Hardy, Sheamus, Jinder Mahal, Chanky, Ridge Holland, Sami Zayn, Ricochet, Mustafa Ali, Mansoor, Mace,
2: and Drew Gulak. Gulak. There's maybe two title contenders in that, and it's both just a draw name, yeah. like.
1: Well, that's why I complained at the start. I I thought like I thought I thought it, it outweighs like by a mile.
2: OK, so like, the maybe, others,
1: on, from the other maybe, side, I thought maybe you know here,
2: I mean? here's my theory. Like, here's my idea with that. Maybe Smackdown is where all like the surprises, the comebacks, the legends. You know what I mean? Like with Roman being as dominant as he is. <sighs> Triple H, random example. Yeah. Undertaker, random example. Maybe he got, you know what I mean? The one more match. Him and Roman can work a slow match. Um well, they, like you know what I mean? Brock is a free agent, so he's not technically on the yeah. roster. So there's another one. John Cena again. You know, but they if, did if a you pretty Think
1: about it too. It's it's sorry to cut you off. No, I don't think cut it, me off, bro. Cut I think off. it almost I think it almost softballs Roman Reigns reign. Do you know what I mean? Like to for him to go right up to you know, the big match with the rock or whoever next year, I, I'm a truth. Like, I, I think I like that dominant champ, you know what I mean? But I think with the roster of the, the men's roster, it's sort of a softball roster where it is, you know, it is he going to have the long feud with Brock and then Drew McIntyre, I could see maybe win the title too, but I, I almost can. So I feel like it's a softball roster for him to just dominate. Yep. You know what I mean? Yep, because no, does I, he? I agree? If you had a couple of just guys peppered in like Lashley or Rollins or Finn Balor, like you know,
2: on SmackDown, months the of feuds there. On. Yeah, there's months of feuds there. Completely, like yeah. there's. And
1: we there's, didn't. We also didn't touch on it, but I know Chris, you said that you didn't watch. your more like checking the thing. Yeah, I. The one thing I enjoyed most about the, those two nights was the Seth Rollins fucking promo. Oh, Seth Edge's, Rollins, house. Like, <laughs> Edge's house in Edge's house yeah i was like dying i was laughing i was like oh my god this is crazy you know what i mean i did, was like is somebody coming is someone gonna get in the house is the wife you know what i mean like i was so intrigued by that and just you know i haven't been a, the hugest seth Rollins fan you know i i don't hate his character but i just thought ah, eh, you know it's not for me but after that man i was like i'm all for this now and now the edge you know got on the raw draft too like or sorry they drafted edge i was like this is fucking amazing Cause now that feud can continue and it's it's gotten personal, you know. But that promo was—I mean, there's been good, really good ones, but that had me hyped. I love that.
4: No, hundred percent. I and then I said that a while ago that, that that feud's going on for a little while. That that's yeah. that Summerslam match that wasn't the end of it. That was mm. that's just the beginning of what these guys got going on. But I mean, I'm sitting here looking at the SmackDown list, man, and I I really don't see. You, you, this is my point. You got the. You got Brock Lesnar now for a little bit. So that's going to be through till Crown Jewel. He'll probably disappear for a little while.
1: Yeah, he's only going to do the big
4: events, right? Yeah, exactly. And then so in the meantime, you'll probably have Drew McIntyre in between there. Now you have the Royal Rumble coming up too. So that allows for Uh, return. Yes, that's a good touch too on the Royal Rumble
2: because then you could also cross over somebody from Raw. Like you said, a return makes more sense, but you could have a raw crossover. There could
4: be something out of the box there. But I mean, other than that, right now on the SmackDown roster, I could probably see Vince building up Ridge Holland over the next little bit and then, you know, pairing him up with Roman for a little bit. But there's really nobody else. Are you going to give Kofi another run? Yeah, Maybe Nakamura, maybe, but it's like these guys, I don't know, man, it's, there's nobody that's built up to that level where Roman Reigns is right now. That's and what I'm I mean, saying. Yeah. That's, that's, I, I'm not complaining, man. I like Roman right. Reigns on this pedestal right now. He needs to yeah. be the most dominant thing in WWE right now.
1: Yeah.
4: So I, is that, you know, that going to
2: build up his opponents, though? Like, let's say he faces Sheamus. Or actually, you know what? I'm going to use Cesaro as a better example. Like, him versus Cesaro, that would be Cesaro's crowning moment of his career. Win or lose so far. Yeah. But is that really going to build him up? Because it almost deflates his balloon.
4: As far as I'm concerned. Well, listen. No, you can't even say that. Because here we are talking about Montez Ford after what he just did with Roman Reigns. Fair enough. Fair enough. Yeah, Truth and I
1: had this conversation today. Like, I I enjoyed the match. I thought, you know, oh, man, like, this is crazy. This is his shining moment after this. And then, like, Truth said, he's like, well, you're up against, you know,
4: Probably the biggest, the biggest wrestler right now. Yeah, like that. That would that you match. Know, that was all Roman Reigns he, calling. Actually. Yeah, he's you know, gonna make know.
1: anybody look good, right? And I think he did the same thing when I first started doing this podcast with you guys. I think he battled Big E, right? And I was like, or was it not Big E? Whoever it was, and I was like, oh man, like the the guy looks so good. Who was that? It wasn't Keith Lee, was it? I don't remember. No. Anyway, yeah, Sheesh, I, I, I don't feel know. Like those, I can't remember Yeah. I I could be wrong too. It might've been Keith Lee and Bobby Lashley. I can't remember, but um, I, anyway, I, I I do agree. Like I, I was kind of upset that the SmackDown men's wasn't as hyped or, you know, had this, those skill guys, but I do think it like, it's an opportunity to make new stars. Do you know what I
4: mean? You would hope you would hope.
1: Yeah. You would hope. But I mean, like, like, you know, like true said with Holland and stuff like that, like, I haven't seen enough of him, but I, you know, I love that I see guy, man. Star potential, right? I, 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 so I don't
4: know what it is about him. I haven't even seen him that much, yeah. but watching him on NXT, I'm like this. I don't know, man. I love that kid. I, so I don't know what dude. it is yeah. about him. Yeah. I'm a big fan. Yeah. Straight up, straight up. All right. We'll move on from the draft fellas. Like I said,
2: I wasn't overly <laughs> entertained, but it'll be interesting to see what happens over the next couple of weeks slash months. Crown mm-hmm. Jewel is always seen as like a placeholder kind of pay-per-view where nothing really changes don't know if that's going to be the case this time around i think they are going to try to have a couple surprises slipped in they're going to try to have people watching but like these events like we we know the matches before they're even like in the fucking writing before they're even like scripted before they're even like it just Mm -hmm. i'm looking way past this one what's after um crown jewel i can't think of it off the top of my head is it tlc um survivor series no When's TLC? I know that they're bringing that back. Oh, I can't why it wasn't happening
3: right in here. It
4: is going to be. Well, of course, it's not showing up on right here.
1: Oh, Crown Jewels. Survivor Series is November twenty
3: first.
2: Uh we did all the jeopardy for no reason. <laughs> yeah, November
1: twenty first, and then December twelfth. It just says WWE pay per view from Chicago. I think that's TLC. It Doesn't say what it is though. <laughs> right, think, Royal yeah, Royal Rumble. Yeah, UK I know anyway. that.
4: That's that's the the first pay per view yeah. of the year. That's yeah. my favorite. Yeah, so we're gonna do a watch along for that, like live yeah. on Facebook or some yeah, shit, but- right? Like the three of us in a room, us watching, camera pointed yeah. at us, and we're live streaming on Facebook, talking Oh talk God,
2: show. yes! Sign it's me. the Royal Rumble. We got <laughs> to. That's
4: my favorite event of the year. <laughs> so
2: when's TLC? That might that one that says WWE pay per view must be TLC.
3: Uh, TLC. Dude,
4: it's not showing up on my list. December 12th. Yeah. Oh, no, sorry. December 19th. No,
1: they changed it, yeah. Yeah, oh, December yeah, 19th. I have 17th here.
4: I'm pretty sure the next one after that is Survivor Series, after
2: Crown yeah Jewell. Yeah. So yeah. From what I'm seeing here, it looks like TLC is going to be near Christmas.
1: Yeah.
2: December 19th, which I think was the same as last year? Wasn't that like it was kind of holiday
4: themed last year, was it not? I don't remember. But, I mean, Uh, it makes sense that you have a TLC pay-per-view around Christmas time, because, I mean, why have any regular Christmas when you can have a no (laughs) hose (laughs) pod?
3: Yeah,
2: I'm looking at the history right
4: now. They were always in December.
1: Yeah, December 19th's a good date. Right before Christmas.
2: thirteenth. I can't stand the gimmick
4: pay-per-views, man. I can't stand the gimmick pay-per-views. But
2: TLC's fun. Yeah, but it should be a
4: match on, like, an Unforgiven pay-per-view. Not a whole TLC pay-per-view.
1: So, is that what it is? It's tabled letters, chairs for the whole
2: event.
4: They just find, yeah, they find a way to vary. uh, Yeah, man, compared to having Uh, one big TLC match at WrestleMania. Yeah. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, it's or extreme rules, even. That's what I was hoping that um, Seth Rollins Rollins and just hardcore shit. It's just, oh, I can't do it, man. I hate it. I hate it. I hate it. Hell in the Cell. Remember remember how special a Hell in the Cell match used to be? Now you get a whole pay-per-view of it. It's just every year. yeah okay i see where you're coming from i guess the casual in me you know what i mean just enjoys tables ladders and chairs it just and takes the away the cage. specialty of the match <laughs> like you know what i mean it's you know it's these guys have been feuding for so long and it's like you know what you guys are fighting in a hell of a <laughs> But it's like oh no wait that's that's in october we can't do that um uh extreme rules okay yeah extreme rules match pal Oh, no, oh, no, nope, nope, no, that's, that's, and, uh, oh, no, wait, we got money in the bank coming up. Okay, it's going to be in a, a ladder match. You know, what I mean? like, it's just, fuck the game of pay-per-views. Just go back to Unforgiven and judgment days and no mercies and back, you know what I mean? Like, it's, no, you get the extreme rules, twenty twenty one and hell's chamber, you know, thing is, it's it's a spectacle. I get that.
2: Then people are gonna hear you like so, so choppy for a second. I don't know if it was me or you. You were like, although it's probably
4: shows my emotions. I am so upset.
2: It's probably gonna show up clear, and I'm gonna sound like an idiot. I sound like Bill Cause You were choppy earlier too, so. I, I, yeah, I thought not
1: know like a couple times,
2: Chris. I don't know why it's even that bad because his PlayStation has been off for the last forty five
4: minutes, but it hasn't dropped yet. Knock on wood. That's true. Uh, usually oh, when you you're chopping like that, yeah, usually when you're choppy like that and I listen back on it just clear days. So it's it's recording properly on your end, it seems like. I even turned the baseball game off. So that's how much I love you guys. Like yeah. I said,
2: yeah, I got like the, the, I got a Twitter account that I have notifications oh, for that okay. does literally like <laughs> at, at bat by at bat better than any ESPN <laughs> yeah. game cast bullshit ever. So Tweet, ball one. <laughs> Tweet, ball two. <laughs> well, yeah, some of the tweets are like that. Some of the Lush, tweets are like, Oh, that was a really bad, <laughs> bad pitch on the corner. One, two count one out. And I'm like, holy man, this guy is really in-depth. Like, fan in the crowd drops all their popcorn. Top of the fifth. It's just like, <laughs> I'm following this guy. This guy is dope. Yeah.
1: I just showed a really hot girl. <laughs> oh, that's great. Um, all right, I fellas. Got, I got oh, some breaking news. Oh, oh breaking, breaking news. news. Before we go into boxing, before we go into boxing, there's a boxing Ooh. breaking news, Ooh, which is Lomachenko and Richard Comey Are fighting December eleventh, and if anyone out there is sort of a fair weather fan, Comey was actually a one belt champion and lost. I think two thousand nineteen, right? And then, so Lopez had that title and then took Lomachenko's titles. Um, The big thing is Top Rank does this every year. It's on the same night as the Heisman Trophy announcement, and it's always right after, so it's like the height of sports. You know, for college football, sort of, you know, college football and boxing fans seem to sort of intermesh together. So it's one of the biggest nights of the year. And Lomachenko's fighting Kami. I think Kami's ranked like four to six. I can't remember. But it's a big fight for Lomachenko because he's trying to get back at Lopez. But obviously with the whole mess with Lopez and Triller and shit and delays with the fights, he's not going to fight until next year. But yeah, winning. been saying all that? year he wants a second fight in 20. Well, it's, so Triller walked away from it now.
2: Yeah, that's what I heard. It got
1: rescheduled three times, and Then Triller was like, fuck it, we're done. And I don't even know if they're going to fight now. It's as, mandatory, it's as mandatory, but now it goes back into the bin of, like, bids. Oh, my fucking
4: sport of boxing, man. Yeah, I the know, right?
2: Triller, Triller should never be able to do an open bid on an event ever again. Then. I know, that's... As far that as was... I'm concerned, because they blew everybody out of the water just to fucking dunk on this thing. Yeah, I know. That's fucked up. And I feel bad for Cambosis, man. Like, this was yeah. –
1: that was – man. He's been ready, what, three times to go?
2: And would probably have made more money with the, with the trailer contract than any other fucking yep. promotion right now. Yep. And now that's out the window. When
1: you're looking, at, you're looking wow. at training camps, these guys, like whether it's boxing, UFC, bare knuckle, whatever, these guys are doing 10- to 12-week training camps. Yep. These guys went through three different fucking training camps, which is hard on your body. You know what I mean? Like, because you're yeah. fighting 135, 145, you walk around 170, 160.
2: You know what I mean? So, cut, then you're not cutting. You're slow cutting. Yeah, and then you're cutting,
1: you are gotta... cut not. Yeah, so, I mean, it's it's tough on your body, too.
2: Man, that would suck if that fight didn't happen because I was actually really curious to see Yeah. if GK could actually, like, kind of break into that mold right now because, like, that division <clears throat> range, it's mm-hmm. the same names. You know, I don't want to see yeah, T. Yeah. lose, but it would be kind of nice to see him humbled because he's, like yeah mm-hmm. i beat the king so that makes that make me the king it's like bro you gotta knock a few more boys out and or and, and move a couple weight classes before you can start calling yourself the king king like that man
1: exactly yeah
2: yeah, yeah. fuck you we getting choppy again there just better not be starting all this bullshit right now you know fuck's sake i hate this <laughs> shit all right let's get to it wilder fury t-mobile arena i think it's october 9th i'm terrible with dates Uh, yep, Saturday, October ninth. Dates and rankings. (laughs) Dates and rankings, yeah. I I got my own rankings. You didn't get no rankings. I got my own rankings. Honestly, this is another way we were just talking about that fight. You know, this one was rescheduled a couple times. I don't want to say a couple times. It was definitely rescheduled once. I only want to say it was rescheduled a couple times because I think they had a tentative date for this one that they actually brought back a little bit closer. yeah. Yeah. Um,
1: yeah, because Fury got someone in Fury's camp got COVID. Yeah, yeah. After the first delay, so this was the second delay.
2: Yeah. <laughs> God damn. Ah, oh, man, boxing like you guys said. Um, we've we've talked about this on the show actually. I'm pretty sure the three of us when the um, the uh, the the court case was happening and Wilder and his team ended up sticking their nose into the whole heavyweight business where they shouldn't even have their nose into the business. But that being said, I kind of like. This new Deontay Wilder, I don't know why. Quiet, composed, less cocky, a little more. I'm trying to think of the word. I guess focused, focused, focused. Plain word. Humble. I'd say word. Humble. Yeah, kind of. In a weird way, like you know. Yeah, he was firing his coach, calling uh fury a cheater which I, I i definitely want to ask you about brew like <laughs> says, yeah i cheated yeah. and i'm gonna cheat again
3: <laughs> it's like what
2: the fuck i'm gonna, gonna put like horseshoes something? in me on <laughs> <arms>.
3: horseshoes
4: <laughs>
2: and whites. But, but the humble deontay wilder actually adds to things it doesn't take away from things a lot of people are complaining not having these guys john back and forth or you know at least on social media doing this that you know what no i i kind of like this now i realize that my career is on the line type deontay wilder that's obviously not accurate because it's going to be funny if fury beats wilder wilder might fight joshua (laughs) the fight that fury has wanted forever it's just like i know right this whole heavyweight division is so it's so fucked up how have i like messed up this heavyweight division is right now but brew i want to ask you about. i guess you gave me the word humble give me your thoughts on Deontay Wilder's demeanor right now. And do you think that it's going to translate into the fight or is this just kind of that facade that he's putting up and he's really behind Um, the eight ball with this one?
1: I wouldn't call it a facade. I, I do think that he got humbled at the last fight. And as you guys know, I probably said it a thousand times, I'm a big proponent of losing, you know, like when the Pats went, you know, 16-0, went through the playoffs and lost in the Super Bowl, I think if they would have lost the game in week 16, they would have ran the table. So, you know, as a fighter, he's going to be hungrier. He's going to realize his mistakes. Um, he's not talking like he usually does. He's not, you know, just being that, you know, that McGregor-style personality, even though he still has that aura. Um, yeah, I do. I do believe he's humble. I do believe it just shows in him being quiet. You see it in the press conferences. Like, he's more, instead of being like, yo, I'm going to knock you in the next week, he's like, yeah, we'll, we'll see, bro. We'll, you know what I mean? Like, I trained hard. I did this. I did that. Um, will it sort of translate into the fight? I think so. But there's one thing that, that you can't sort of take away from Fury is that he's a pure boxer. Despite his size, you know, people think heavyweights, and if you're not a super... Duper fan or haven't watched Fury fight, you don't realize how good a technical boxer he is. Wilder's never been that guy. So although the fight was like a year, year and a half ago, whenever it was, you can't become a pure technical boxer in a year, year and a half. You know what I mean? Like Fury went through a couple hundred amateur fights. He went through lots of, you know, I think he beats Wilder in rounds as a pro by almost fifty rounds. So, you know, do I think Wilder can win? Yeah. But if he thinks he's gonna walk in and and not get walked down like he did last fight. I think he's in for another, you know, another rough go. So, so but truth. I do, I do like the new Wilder though.
2: Yeah. Okay. Okay. So truth outside looking in. What what's your reaction to this like different demetered Wilder? And do you think truth or truth? <laughs> that's hilarious. Do you think that Fury? um has kind of played his cards right because you know he's kind of called him out a couple times Tyson Fury has kind of given him some digs here and there and as Deontay has given Tyson Fury some digs but like I said it's quiet it's just a shot here a shot there you're not getting a whole drink you're just getting you know, a little he's just giving us little teasers of what we might see on fight night but Tyson Fury hasn't bit his tongue he's taking all the interviews he's doing all the press he's doing everything so truth from the outside looking in like what's intriguing you into this fight what do you think of the new Deontay Wilder based on the last Deontay Wilder that you saw? And from a wrestling perspective, we've seen Tyson Fury kind of drift into that whole um, business. I guess that's the best way to put it. He, he was in the business. The man was in the business. He beat, he beat the Big beat Show. He Braun Strowman. He, oh, Braun Strowman. He didn't beat Big Show. He beat Braun yeah. Strowman. That's right. Mayweather. Braun Strowman. Mayweather beat Big Show and uh tyson fury beat braun Strowman. i always get that shit mixed up i don't know why yeah that shit was crazy um do you think that like he, he just taking the inspiration from sports and because it's not like fury's ever quiet he's always like a loud mouth he always is selling the fight trying to get the fans into he's it the gypsy king he's the gypsy king that's
4: just what that's it is what like,
2: does. so from from the outside look like does that pull you into this fight or are you just intrigued for what's going to happen in the ring
4: I'll be 100% honest. The only thing that's really pulling me into this fight is the fact that I've watched the first two, and I know what happened. Because I haven't seen anything really promotional-wise other than a couple interviews here and there, but 95% of it is all Tyson Fury. I'm not mm-hmm. seeing a shift from Deontay Wilder. Like You guys are talking all this calm, demeanor, new attitude, and I'm like, I haven't seen that yet that's like i i haven't even seen him at all i seen a couple of the, the press conferences and stuff like that where he's not saying a word and he's just ha- you know what i mean but in all honesty i would rather him not say a word than do the conor mcgregor wrote and talk bullshit because it's just mm-hmm. business it's all business you know what i mean like i don't want that yeah. fake bullshit talk like if, if you're yeah. serious and you're you, you don't need to talk bullshit you could be like rose and just say the lord's prayer to yourself and you know what i mean well this person mm-hmm. is yelling at your face uh, but I mean, overall, like I'm, I'm still excited for it and whatever. But the overall picture of it is the only, the main thing that's drawn me into it is the fact that I've already seen these guys and I know the backstory, of what's, what's to come and what's to happen. Um Is he humbled and all this stuff? Again, I don't really know. I, the only, all I've seen was a couple press conferences and shit like that. But it's like I, it's going to be hard for me to see a new boxer coming out because am, am I, am I wrong here? Uh, D- uh, uh, Wilder. One bronze medal three years into boxing like that you, you don't get a yeah, lot he, done he didn't fight as an amateur yeah you know what i mean so it's like he got pushed up pretty quickly and when you're comparing that to the experience of somebody like tyson fury it's it's not going to add up properly they had what they fought what 19 rounds all together the last two fights <clears throat> something like that and and what did fury win maybe three four of them out of the 19 you know what i mean like it's it's you can't I don't want to say you can't teach an old dog new tricks, but it's sometimes experience is just undeniable at the end of the day. And Tyson Fury is just pure boxing. I mean, he's laid back and still doing the Gypsy King, but he's been doing that forever and still whooping ass. He's still training his ass off. So I don't think that's been changed at all. So I don't really see much of a difference. Yeah. yeah. You know what? It's, it's one thing that sells this fight, whether Wilder
1: talks or not, is the fact that, that he's probably, and if you speak to Mike Tyson or all these guys, he's, he's, his last couple, maybe four or five fights, obviously he came up through the ranks and fought the shitty guys and then started hitting like the OTs and guys like that. But now he's probably undeniably the hardest hitter in the history of boxing, yep. in the heavyweight division. So he can walk in and not say a damn word and that's going to sell that fight because at any point he could be getting murdered in there eighth, ninth round. Like he did in that in the draw, that first one. The second knockdown was the 12th round, you know what I mean? And, uh, you know, it. it I, I watched a documentary on it recently. Like, Fury got up, he did that fucking Undertaker sit-up, and he was like, <laughs> you know, but, like, he was out, bro, until, like, the six count maybe. He was out. His eyes were rolling back. And it, something in him was like, I got to get up, you know what I mean? So power to him for that. But um, that's Wilder's selling point. Right. And I, I agree with you, truth. about like, you know, the old dog, new tricks thing. But he's never been an old dog because even in the Olympics, he was that one hitter quitter. Yeah, so that's, that's what that's a shitty
4: analogy. This is what I said. It, I, I knew that was a shitty analogy. It's not no, a no, shitty no. analogy, though. It's, it's not, not. It's it, not it, because
1: it's... you can't. It's like he's gone so long being that guy. And when you see the the, the different uh, boxing coaches and people that discovered him, he was just a street dude that street fought. And they were like, holy fuck, this guy hits like a fucking Mack truck Mm -hmm. and he made to the Olympics and then he, you know, became a pro and they groomed him right. It's just that along the way, they didn't teach him how to box. They just were like, he relied on that right hand. And it's similar. I fucking hate that I'm even saying this, but like watching Jake Paul fight the one, two, one, two, jab, jab straight, jab straight, straight right. That's Wilder. It's just he's, you know, a better boxer. He's been in longer. Do you dare no, it, use a Mike Tyson comparison?
3: Uh, well, for this the could power, be. This, this could think, could be,
1: that, Yeah, Tyson. This, Tyson was so crafty and shifty, and but you he, know, had, he was to, known for that
4: one hitter, quitter, knock. Yeah, you know what I mean, that no, was, he was. That was yeah, 50. but. Yeah, but he. Well, this,
2: this is this is a, where a you can. Different. This is where you can argue, though, that this is Wilder's, Holyfield, Lewis. Now mm-hmm. he's running into the names. He's not quite as good as we thought he was. Yeah, and it's yeah. because of his limitations, which, you know, like yeah. like like you said, Bru, he was shifty and a little bit elusive. Mike Tyson could take a punch. That's the one thing that he was never, ever given true credit for because he could throw a motherfucking punch, but he could take a punch. Deontay Wilder, yeah. I think that he, he parallels with Mike Tyson in a lot of ways. Truth, I actually kind of like that comparison. And now I'm thinking about it. Like, it's not quite the same, like Brew just said, but there are parallels to it. And this yeah, yeah. does kind of feel like that when Mike Tyson was fighting the goats, when he yeah. finally, when he couldn't duck Holyfield or Lewis anymore, yeah. he lost. He, he, he lost. He lost every you time. Know what?
1: You know what I mean? Even, even in those losses, he was one punch away, which is that is the biggest similarity to me is like, he could be getting slaughtered. He's dead tired. Boom. Hits that one shot. That's, that's where even in the second fight, when, you know, Wilder was getting like, just fucked up, you were still waiting on that. You know what I mean? Yep. Like he was getting murdered in the first fight. It's just that he had the early knockdown then the, you know, in that last round, boom. And, you know, he knew he was losing. He wasn't necessarily head hunting per se, but like you could tell he knew he was losing that fight. So he sort of walked Fury down a little bit and hit him with that shot. And then, you know, lights out, but obviously he got up and, and it was a draw. But I mean, it's, yeah, that, that, that never knowing that he's never out of the fight unless he's knocked out is mm. is a huge seller on this fight. Mm. You know what I mean? And I, one thing I'm enjoying is is Fury is so good at talking and, and talking shit. And he's predicted he's going to put him out in the first round. But he knows damn well he's not going to go after him like that. You know what I mean? Like So I think he's trying yeah. to get in Wilder's head a bit. You know, it, is Wilder going to believe it? Probably
2: not. But, like, we'll see. Well, even Wilder was saying, I'm going to get him in the fourth to sixth round. So, like, Wilder... Mm is almost hyping up his boxing. Maybe his, maybe whatever little tricks of the trade that he has learned over the last X amount of months. Right. Like Mm -hmm. maybe, you know, like you said, can't teach an old dog new tricks, but one new trick Mm -hmm. parlays potentially to another full fight Mm -hmm. fury for all his cardio. I mean, I mean, the man is, is surreal. His body type, his stamina is just unbelievable. And he never stops moving, especially above the shoulders yeah. His, his, his,
1: his feints are like none other like I've seen in the heavyweight. I mean, obviously Muhammad Ali and guys like that, but, but
2: his head, man, easy his feints. Comparison. Well, yeah. you know what, man, sometimes. them guys all said it when, uh, when Mike Tyson had like Sugar Ray and all them guys on hot boxing, they mm-hmm. said like, who's the closest to Ali? And that's what, uh that's what Sugar Ray said. He said, Tyson Fury. Like yeah. Muhammad I'm Ali, yeah. in
4: the corner, ducking and dodging all those punches and just shaking them off like it's nothing, man. That's I'm yeah. watching Ali in his prime. Yeah, yeah. And you it, see it, him
1: moving, he's moving, not getting hit.
2: You know what I mean? Know, like,
4: and, and, and you know, seventy punches are getting thrown at him, and he's doing Max Holloway. You know what I mean? Yeah, I'm the yeah. best boxer. You <laughs> know what I mean? Like, and then yeah. like the, you, you've
2: you've got that lost time parallel too, where Muhammad Ali lost time because he went to jail. Yeah. Tyson Fury lost time because of his mental health and drug addiction. Yeah. So it's like. Yeah. Am I really saying they're the same? No. But Tyson Fury is an embodiment. It seems of to happen to Tyson. all the greats, doesn't it?
4: It does, bro. Like Muhammad yeah. Ali lost time. Fury lost time. Yeah. Even Tyson yeah. lost time with the jail yeah. and then yeah. the death of Customato. You know what I mean? Like that's yeah. after ever, ever since then, his career basically changed. Yeah. So it was. It's, yeah. Yeah, a lot of the greats, you can l- look back to a time where something happened, like it's Lennox
2: Lewis lost a year and a half, two years to the lawsuit because he was trying to get yeah. over the contract. And I think yeah. even Evander Holyfield lost a bit of time. George Foreman kept finding time, but <laughs> 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 between all the kids he was having and trying to make oh all God. these different <laughs> all the Georges. <laughs>
1: you know what uh, though with Fury, like it's yep. it's because he's so big, like Truth might not know, I don't know if Chris, if you know too, it was probably going back 2007 or 8, that that one-trick pony value, Ev, Do you remember oh, him? Oh,
2: man, he was wild, yeah. Monster
1: of a guy, like 6'11", <laughs> like, you know, huge, huge guy. He looked like a bodybuilder, and he was just plowing through guys, but he was fighting really nobody's at the time. And that's sort of what you expect of Fury, just this big, dumb, you know, moose from uh, the Archie comics. Like, you know, but he goes in there and he shows you, like, you know, just insane. But my big worry with him for this fight is after the Klitschko thing is when he went downhill, the Klitschko win, and sort of the mental health and the partying, which he's been known to do. So after him beating Wilder in such an easy fashion, I think his biggest downfall, if it were to happen, coming into here overconfident and being like, oh, you, you obviously see his trainer. He's a world champ. He's there for a reason. But maybe going in thinking like, I got this. You know what I mean? In a sense, with the we talked about last uh, podcast with Mike Tyson and Buster Douglas, like mm-hmm. had, Mike Tyson had a threesome and you know at two in the morning and was drinking, and wonder why you're in there like just gassed in the yeah. second round or first round. You know what I mean? So yeah, that that's my biggest worry. If I'm a a Fury fan, is yeah. that he's gonna overlook sort of the that one punch power by Wilder.
2: That's actually one of my things where I can put a couple dollars on Wilder confidently Mm -hmm. is that Tyson Fury didn't want this fight. Mm -hmm. He was looking past this. Like this was supposed to be dealt with. And as a boxing fan, I agree. This wasn't, I wasn't salivating to see a third fight between these two. I'm happy it's happening, but I really wanted to see the lineal championship. I wanted to see the Mm -hmm. undisputed fucking champion be yeah. crowned the lineal yeah. champ versus the guy with the rest of the belts to get this shit sorted, yeah. and well, now yeah, it's it as come as ever. I don't know because I, I, if, I think Usyk, it will. if Usyk fights Joshua and Usyk decides to be the cocksucker and only put the one belt on the line that he has to, mm-hmm. you know, there were rumors, there were rumors that that was what was going to happen between Wilder yeah. and Fury is that they were only going like, to uh, Fury's camp was only going to put the one belt up as a yeah. fuck you to Wilder's I, camp because I they know. they were just like this is stupid but like you know fury doesn't have the the secondary belts very valued but like the whole thing that makes me maybe think that this could be a wilder thing is wilder wants this wilder needs this Mm -hmm. wilder's going to put everything he can into this training camp i believe he did Mm -hmm. he was humbled for possibly well no possibly it was the first time in his career but i mean like maybe Personally, humbled outside of the boxing mm-hmm. ring, humbled like his ego took a dent first time. Yeah, you know, remember when he was
1: known as being like the baddest man on the planet, the yeah. champ. I'm the champ. I'm the champ. Yep. You know, it's like Usain Bolt just, you know, getting slaughtered, you know, and coming like mid midway through the pack, and then you can't call yourself that anymore. And I think that's one thing that is igniting Wilder in this. But one thing I do love about the delay is the fact that okay, Fury could have fought, you know, um, AJ. And boom, what happens after that? Now, if Fury beats him, are they going to have a rematch? Wilder maybe fights Usyk or whoever, Dylan White. But now with this delay, Usyk won and beat Joshua. Now these guys are going to fight. Now, if if Fury wins, you know, coming up, he fights Usyk. Maybe Wilder finally fights Joshua because it's been – almost maybe like half, half a decade, they get to that action, have this fight or the lawsuit didn't happen. It's boom, Fury, Fury Joshua, which even still, I think when they do fight, if they do fight, it's still going to be the biggest fight ever to happen in in Probably. UK, yeah. Right? But it's a different path. And I think it, it causes more fights.
2: Yeah. Yeah.
1: To happen, which which, the heavyweight, I think the heavyweight division needs but like true said, Wiser for four belts, six belts? But I think that fight will happen eventually. I, I hope it does. But that's where my biggest thing with the delay is I'm glad it happened because do I want to watch Wilder Fury again? Not really. But it gave Usyk the shot at Joshua, right? Now he's the champ. Now that's an interesting fight because, you know, Fury's a hell of a lot bigger than Joshua, like height-wise. So, you know, how does Usyk deal with that? If if Wilder wins and he faces Usyk, that's a whole different beast too. He's a completely different fighter than Anthony Joshua. So, yeah, I mean, that's my big thing takeaway from that is you're looking at another four to six, maybe more, fights in the next two years in the heavyweight division that are primo fights, premier top five guys. These guys, these four guys, Wilder, Joshua, Fury, and Usyk, and then you throw Dylan White in even some of these guys like just kind of go at each other and this guy fights this guy. That's to me is like a good two 18 months and two years of boxing. And, that, and, and that's Division what I was saying last week when it comes years.
4: to, you know, being introduced to a new fighter, like I had no idea who it was. Oh, wait, he yeah. just beat Joshua. Oh, well, I guess this is somebody I should mm-hmm. be paying attention to. It's yeah. the same thing with Andy Ruiz, right? It was like, you know, oh, he just beat Joshua. Mm-hmm. I guess this is somebody I should be paying attention to. So like, yeah. you're right. It does. It opens up a lot more opportunities for, for hopefully good potential bouts in the heavyweight division. Yeah. Well, just to steal a wrestling term, it's putting somebody over.
2: You know, we saw the Klitschkos put over Joshua, put over Fury. It wasn't until these guys beat those guys that they were superstars. You know, Usyk was there, but Usyk wasn't quite mainstream. We loved him. We knew who he was, me and Brew, but -hmm. you didn't quite know who he was, Truth. And I would say that from a combat sports perspective, that was Usyk's star. Two out of three people would know who he was, but that one on the yeah. third that knows who Wilder is, that knows mm-hmm. who Joshua is, that knows who Fury is, they didn't quite know who Usyk was. Yeah. Ruiz crossed over into that bound, I think, because uh, he's Mexican, uh, a Hispanic first, first Hispanic heavyweight champion. Like It was just so much weight yeah. that came with his title, but that is so centralized. Usyk mm. being a European, past Olympic champion, having an international reputation, in the boxing community yeah. where Ruiz is, is just purely a North American star. Ruiz, of course, grew in stature with the win over Joshua, because that's how you cross over to the, the ocean is you beat somebody overseas, <laughs> their turf. You know what I'm saying? Like it was, it yeah. was something I, I, or actually I take that back. Was that Joshua's first American fight? Was that against Ruiz? Cause that was down in Cowboy stadium, wasn't it? Or am I wrong with that? Yeah. I think you're right. Yeah. Nah, I could be wrong. Yeah. And if I'm wrong, I'm wrong. But if I'm right, I'm right. And that was to my point. What you said, Brew? That's my as a boxing fan most intriguing aspect of this. Like Fury's talking about, he doesn't want to fight in the UK anymore. But if you fight Anthony Joshua, that's not happening in Vegas. It's just no. not happening. Wilder Wembley, fighting yeah.
1: or something. Yes,
2: Wilder fighting yeah. Joshua. Yeah, maybe that happens in New York. Yeah. Like, does that Wilder is where go? Where
1: yeah. Joshua fought Ruiz was Madison Square?
2: Oh, it was New York. Okay. Okay, I knew yeah. it was in the states. Um, I, I, that's that was, right. That's right, because Eddie Hearn, that because was Eddie they, Hearn's
4: like crossover, and wasn't the there a big deal about the rematch being in like Dubai or some shit like that? Because yeah. they, yeah. they built, they, they yeah. built everything for them, literally. And they like, built. I know Ruiz was worried about like judging and the, the commissions yeah. and shit out there. And yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> I remember all that now. Yeah, well, they, like built everything
2: know? for those guys, everything. They were well, gonna do well, that for Fury and Wilder until. Yeah, ended up catching COVID. Now they're fighting in Vegas. So
1: yeah, well, Usyk. I wanted to go back to Usyk too because yeah, he almost because of the European thing and that like he almost had a Khabib following, as far as like Eastern Europe and you know what I mean. The sort of the MMA because you know I have to do it. The MMA comparison for me was Henan Burrell because he was what he was on like a twenty-seven fight win streak. Like, if you saw some of his fights before UFC, he was blazing through guys. And then he came to UFC and was just like, oh, shit. I thought this guy... Like, Joe Rogan called it in the pound-for-pound best at the time, ahead of Silva, ahead of GSP. He was like, you've never seen a guy like this. And, you know, Rogan gets a little bit excited, and every knockout's the best knockout he ever saw. But
4: Welcome to the the Leo era. (laughs) You know what I mean? Like,
1: but yeah, I think and Burrell just... The following was different because it was more South American. But the hyper on that guy... Is the same to me as Usyk was, and once he sort of gets more of that North American following, I think that's why these fights need to happen. These extra fights, you know, whether it's Wilder Fury, and then Joshua fights the loser, and you know, I forgot, I didn't even mention Ruiz. I forgot about you know him. So he fights White, White fights Wilder. Like there's so many good fights you could talk about,
4: you know.
2: And in the end, hopefully, we have the undisputed champ. It's just that's all I want. Hopefully, but that's my concern. That's that's it. But that's my concern with Bruce Path, is that with Bruce Path, like I just said, if Usyk only puts one belt up against Joshua, there's no way it's going to happen because Eddie Hearn is going to have makes way for the
1: mandatories, which always sucks. That's what sucks, man.
2: And like we, and I mean, without the mandatories, we're not getting Uh, some of these new additions, these new garnishes to this new heavyweight mm -hmm. uh, era that we're in right now. Usyk is part of that. As the cruiserweight champ, he found himself as the second option to Anthony Joshua. He was like, well, I'm going to go to court because uh, I don't know if it was the the WBO that basically said because he was the the undisputed cruiserweight champ that they're going to promote him to the number one contender, the heavyweight champ. I think that's what it was. I don't remember if it was a WBO. It was one of them. But like this is where that's a good part of where the mandatory works, but that's so rare. And I just worry that we're so close. So fucking close to getting the undisputed champ. And if Joshua wants to fight Usyk again, and Usyk somehow, way leaves all those millions of dollars on the table and is like, I still want a couple of these belts as an insurance policy for a third fight. Yeah. It's just, I'm, I'm, I'm scared that we might be back in the reset mode because this is the end of Usyk's career. And you could argue that this is the end of all of their career to an extent. But Usyk said he did not want to fight into his late 30s. He didn't even want to do this whole heavyweight crusade covid is what changed his mind here we are yeah. so i'm i'm pumped for saturday but i'm also a, a kind of kind of uh in the pessimistic sense that we don't really need to see this i don't really need to see this nobody really needs to see this it'll probably be the same way but wilder is kind of evoking that little bit of mystery by being a much more quiet reserved version of himself so bonus prediction that's not going to go on the sport scoreboard but let's get some let's get some predictions in i know personally i am actually on the money end putting it on wilder just because it makes sense i've got rounds four to six and round seven to nine knockout for wilder um but the heavy money is on fury by decision and also by a late knockout i see this fight actually going the distance and i think tyson fury actually is going to play with him it's definitely a dangerous plan for everything we just talked about with the bronze bomber having that one shot one hit or quitter that it's it's just something that's there but i think tyson fury is more than aware of it and tyson fury has survived a couple <laughs> of them so his confidence is just like a light bulb man it always shines and it'll show mm-hmm. so my head and probably the majority of my money comes saturday <laughs> will be on tyson fury by knockout but my heart Wants to give Deontay Wilder just that little bit of a parlay, if you will. Him, him, maybe going the distance and out punching, out pointing. It could be a draw again, which would be absolutely criminal. But if we see mm. a level up of boxing in Deontay Wilder, Tyson Fury is the type of fighter that gives respect to his opponents. We may see a bit of a marathon. Um, but will it go to a decision again, like it did the first fight? Most people are saying no. I'm sure people listening right now are going to be like, this motherfucker is crazy. Both these guys are going to want each other's heads knocked off. And that's why I think they both might be patient. So if you're looking for a no pick um, bet, I suppose, listening folk, look for something that's just both fighters, the decision, look for something that actually has them going the distance. I think they're going to want to sell themselves. And that's my prediction. Truth. I want to hear what you got to say, bruh.
4: Bro, if they hate you for that, they're gonna hate me for this, cause I'm going with Tyson Fury by decision. Pourquoi? It's, I I think he's just gonna outbox him. Like I think the days of these guys, of us being fans, have excited the Mike Tyson days, where it's like we're expecting this guy to go in and bomb, bomb, bomb over. It's like those days are almost done. It's like we always get excited about this, and then we're sitting up at 30 in the morning watching the 12th round still going, yeah. yeah, it's going to be over soon. It's going to be a yeah. – you know what I mean? It's it's going to be a decision. Tyson Fury, I think, is going to take it. I think he's just going to toy with him the whole time. And, uh, yeah, it might be a late knockout, but I'm going to decision. Tyson Fury. You're with me. Like, it's just going to be a marathon.
2: It's it's going to be – yeah not scripted i'm think not these that person going to like, kill each other i don't yeah. think that i really don't i agree i completely agree all right bro what are you saying are you, are, are you on the track with us or are you like nah first round knockout
1: <laughs> no i i can't see it um one thing that that fury did in the second fight which sort of fucked up wilder from the from the jump actually was walked him down yep and wilder's a walk you down guy so for him to get like, what the fuck? This guy's bigger than me, stronger than me. And obviously there's a huge weight disparity with these guys. So, you know, Fury clinched we had to clinch. It, it tires you out. It's the same as MMA guys clinching. You know, it sucks the life out of you. So, I don't think it's going to go to decision. I think Fury's going to have a similar sort of game plan. Walk him down, walk him down, walk him down. Um, and just a similar, like, just avoid that right hand. You know what I mean? And is is Wilder going to be that much better? I, I hope so. I love Wilder. I always did. I think I think when he was 12 or 14 and you know, I was when I really was like, man, this guy's crazy. I watched all the rest of his fights. You know, and uh, so I, I actually love Wilder. To this day? To this
4: day? To this day? You know, he just he's just electric and whatever.
3: <laughs>
1: but I, if I had to do a prediction. I'm going to say Fury gets him, stops him again. But I think it's going to be a little bit later, like ninth or tenth yeah. round. That, yeah. That's my prediction. And I think the excitement of him winning right now is how I mentioned I was glad Usyk won because Usyk and Fury are both undefeated. So obviously Wilder only has the one, but like I'd want to see Fury Usyk, who's taking that loss. They're both champs. You know what I mean? Like where you know, now Joshua has two losses, but that nothing's gonna take away the, the hype of Joshua Fury. No but nothing. I think Fury yeah. fighting Ustek is the two undefeated heavyweight champions. I I, I haven't gone back and researched, but I don't know when the last time we saw that was.
4: Uh, Me as an outside fan, just you you saying that, I don't give a shit about Joshua anymore. So I want (laughs) to see see Undefeated, Undisputed. You know what I mean? That poster is going to be dope as fuck. (laughs) (laughs) This man's talking about
3: the
4: photo. This man's talking about the Photoshop. The poster's
3: going to (laughs) be. Yes,
2: fellas, Saturday night is going to be a fucking treat and we're definitely going to lead off the next show with that conversation to finish off the night though fellas we get a little bit of mixed martial arts slash bare knuckle fighting uh, we don't talk about that often on this show we probably won't get into it too often on this show but um, making headlines um, for the wrong reasons uh, I forget the gentleman's name it's terrible I should know the gentleman's name I believe it was Thompson was his last name or Thornton or something like that uh justin thornton there we go i just found it um unfortunately passed away after suffering a knockout Mm. loss at bare knuckle fighting championship 20 and i haven't seen any video i don't want to see any video i haven't really like read into how or why he passed away but the assumption is is it's some sort of brain slash body reaction to getting hit in the head by one of these things i don't watch this stuff very often but when i do tune in i'm kind of taken aback by and I hate to use the term because this is something that the UFC has dealt with for a very long time the almost barbaric nature of bare knuckle fighting like it reminds me of the Mm -hmm. shit watching Kimbo slice and watching the old east coast street fights and stuff to me there's no place for that being sanctioned so bare knuckle fighting doesn't interest me now that a fighter has died I just don't know if it has a future you know you were just taught I think brew you posted the link where they basically were like business as usual yeah the commissions and and the promoters and people that actually put the money in these people's hands are not gonna like that the sponsors are not gonna continue to support this if people are dropping dead and i mean this is rare but we've seen a couple boxers pass away over the last couple of years at a high level it's only going to take one in the ufc for dana white to have to deal with a hell of a lot of press is this something that needs to be dealt with instantly or is this just bad luck Brew? Um I know it's I mean, kind of it's like a bit re- of bad luck it's, but it's really not. It's such like a loose cause... question, I'm sorry. Like it, but like to me like it's it's well, no, 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 it's, it's, it's almost it's... a A or B question. Like you can't really get into the technicalities because it's two people throwing <laughs> fists. So it's like Yeah. It's cut kind or of dry. Well, what I was
1: what I was going to say was just was just like I sometimes I feel like bucks have died a lot if you look into it, Um, I always say, like, oh, someday someone's going to get a head kick in UFC or Bellator or something. But here's the difference to me in that MMA guys get stopped with leg kicks. Guys get stopped with body shots, submissions. They're not constantly getting smacked in the face with these punches. And boxing, BKFC, which is a form of boxing, it's obviously the gloves are non-existent. You're just getting hit in the head all the time. And some of these guys are coming to these fights not realizing they have brain injury. Some of these guys, you know, I know at Boxing, there's commissions, there's, they do check certain things, their, their health, they have to do physicals. I, somebody, I'm somebody that watches probably two out of every three BKFC events. And, you know, I, I love it. But, I, I mean, I, I kind of called this last summer when Chris Lieben uh, fought his last fight for BKFC. And he just said, he goes, you know what? I still feel like I do this in another three to five years, but I have kids. And he goes, I'm not feeling like I'm healthy. Right? He goes, I wanted to give the fans this last fight. And he won by knockout, I think in the second or third round. But like, you know, these guys are one shot away from, from being paralyzed, from dying. And it's, it sucks. I can't see BKFC just all of a sudden switching up because even though it's a gimmicky sort of thing, it's growing and the fan base is growing to the point some of these are pay-per-view and their numbers are pretty good but like there's there's street fighting you watch on youtube it's it's a sort of a worldwide thing i watched i watched a, a russian video the other day which was the most brutal shit I ever saw these guys fighting and one guy like sort of looked like he wanted to give up and the crowd pushed him back into the fight so you know it's just another form of entertainment for combat sports but i don't see any kind of commission or any kind of anybody sort of taking over and making these guys you know sort of stop or tone things down it's bkfc after all it's bare knuckle fighting it's right in their name you know and like bellator mentioned um you know coker mentioned a couple months ago with the i think he was mentioned no no sorry it was the canelo punch yeah at the press conference press conference and scott coker said he goes this is the fight game dana white said the same thing he said it's dana white more said it's embarrassing for boxing but coker was more like it's the fight game what do you expect they're trying to sell a fight well, you know Dana I mean? was and Dana it, was
2: more worried about the fact that they barely had any security
4: around the two of those guys. Yeah, like I know if one of them of hit good, the um, other one hard enough, yeah, just blew yeah. hundreds of millions of dollars. What oh. if both of those camps try to fight with each other and shit, you know what I mean? Yeah. And you got a full brawl and, and you got yeah. one woman standing there going,
3: What do I do? Help what help do I do? Help.
2: People are in jail, let alone worrying about a fucking fight <laughs> at that point, right? But yeah. so that's my
1: only take. that's my only no, take, really. But you have to look at it too, like it's more so I feel like nowadays boxing than mma uh, it's just like these boxing guys they come from nothing boxing's their last resort they got out of jail you know it's not to like put boxers down but it's like i guarantee you a higher number of boxers per capita fighters went to jail as a youth more so than mma guys and there are some super badass mma guys but it's like we because the huge popularity of mma it's you're getting the just run of the mill, regular dudes now, where before it was just the toughest of the tough. You know, with boxing, it seems to be these inner city kids that they have no other choice. It's gangbang or box. You know what I mean? So you're getting guys that it's the same way when you have NFL players and you're like, why, how the hell could this guy beat his wife or do this or that? This, all these guys know sometimes. Yeah, these great at football, but these guys grew up different. The Mike Vick thing. These guys grew up with dog fighting being normal. It's fucked up as it sounds to say in the black communities. When you go to Virginia, you go to South Carolina, you go to Miami, like there's still dog fighting to this day. You know what I mean? So not, it's not to like say Michael Vick should have did it, but it's just like, he grew up not knowing better. And then when he got rich, it was like, okay, guys, I'm going to buy you a house and you're going to dog fight. You know, he didn't look at it. It as like, I'm, I'm killing these dogs. I'm, I'm doing all this shit. So, I mean, with BKFC is is a mix of MMA and boxers, but I think, you know, my point of of that is just like the, a lot of these guys come from nothing. So when you sit at a press conference and you're talking with somebody's mother, and shit like that, like these guys are going to throw down. You 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 know you have to expect it. So, you know, these guys aren't blue collar plumbers and and you know CEOs of companies. These are some guys that came from literally nothing, right? And it, it's what makes some of these guys the toughest of the tough.
2: Yeah. Yeah, and that's where, like, a truth, maybe you can, like, touch on this, like, the gray area, the ethics, like, when you sign the contract, it's kill or be killed. We hear it all the time, especially in MMA. We don't hear it as much in boxing, but we hear it a lot in MMA, like, I'm going in that cage to kill. If there's no ref, I'm going to keep punching this person who is out in the face. That's how I am trained. I am a martial artist. This is what I am trained to do. Where do you draw that? Like I'm saying, like where is the line drawn truth, I guess? Like, where's the gray area? Like, is this where people have to step in and be like, all right, put on a four ounce glove at least? It's basically bare knuckle. Have a little something on the knuckle. Like, is, is there a way to restrict this? Or, you know, Brew, you were just talking about a crazy ass promotion in Russia. You know, bare knuckles growing. The world is starting to open back up. If all the states in the United States say this is barbaric and we can't have this, they'll just go to Russia. They'll just go to Europe. Like, where, truth, in your opinion, is there, like, a line to be drawn here?
4: Well, here's the thing. As far as I'm concerned, your little glove, even the little UFC gloves, that's not doing shit to protect your brain. That's not doing shit Mm -hmm. to protect your head. That's not doing shit. Those are literally there to protect your knuckles and your hands so they don't break from punching somebody in the head. That's it. So bare knuckle boxing is ahead of the game, so to speak. In that sense, like, it's so so hard to really talk about because it's like, is bare knuckle that barbaric? Is it, you know, is it that bad of a sport? What's so bad about punching somebody with a bare knuckle than elbowing somebody with your elbow or your knee to somebody? You know what I mean? Like, it's... Like it's, it really is a rare thing. It's that's the best way to sum it up because 20 years of UFC and not a single person has died. There hasn't been a single major injury. You know what I mean? Uh, boxing is different, but again, we've talked about it. Boxing is strictly punches to the head and there's no smission, there's no leg stoppage. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Um, it's, it's a weird thing, man. It's, I don't know if there is a gray line, it's just to the point where it's like, I think well, we're just- here's here's one not to like I know I see you thinking and,
2: and like I, I asked this question only because the one thing that comes into my head is is and you know God rest the dead I'm not trying to talk bad on this man's career if I'm not mistaken he was like six and 18 and you know we joked about this the a uh, couple episodes ago I don't know if it was one of you guys that were on with me but like the most losses by a professional boxer and there's guys in Europe that are like eight and 172. Like at what point oh, does, bro. the like, you know what I'm saying? Like really what point, is. what point, what point does somebody step in and say, you can no longer fight, sir, you've lost 18 of your 24 professional fights. You're not getting the proper health. And this is where, you know, the United States healthcare care expensive. That's a whole totally different thing. And I mean, we've talked about this with the fighters union in the UFC, healthcare care benefits. This is this. We could talk about this for another hour and a half, two hours, it's the commissions that comes down to the commissions so do they stop a guy because- who sucks like it's such a weird this is like where i'm saying truth like when i asked you that gray area question like do you start by looking at a guy maybe they've lost 5 in a row all by knockout and just saying to him listen bro we can't do this anymore it sucks because there's always a commissioner who will look at the holy field fight mm-hmm. they went through every yeah. fucking state and ended up in florida because florida will do it because florida's florida Bare knuckle yeah, fighting might get yeah. banned in every state, but they're going to end up in Florida because Florida's Florida. It's just Florida's to Florida. me, like, yeah. where's, you know, and I know it's such a dumb question. And I saw you thinking, like, where is the gray area? That's what makes it such a difficult conversation. Like, we, we sign up as fighters. We sign up as, as a consumer watching fighters, knowing that there is always a possibility of somebody dying. We yeah. know this like the, even when we watch football, mm-hmm. we've seen it happen at the high school and college level. Thankfully, at the NFL level, it hasn't happened yet. But people have been saying that for yeah. 20, 30, 40 years. Like, oh, it's going to take one person to this, to that. You know, guys have been damn near disabled in the NFL. Guys have damn near lost limbs in the NFL. Yeah. But they As keep the Steelers uh, fan.
1: Look at Ryan Shazier.
2: Ryan Shazier, Alex Smith, damn near lost his yeah. leg and, and ended up coming back. And, yeah. you know, fingers crossed. Yeah. I don't know what's going to happen. Maybe Ryan Shazier makes that mm-hmm. comeback. I don't think it's going to happen. Like, he's just really starting no. to live his life again. Yeah. But, like, this is where, and this is going to sound terrible, the stuff like this have to happen for those advancements mm-hmm. to happen. Not trying to stop bare knuckle fighting from happening, but mandating. And that's one of the things. Okay, you're six and 18. <clears throat> you can't fight anymore, you know? And, and like, maybe this guy knows nothing else. You're talking about getting hit in the head. Yeah. It's hard to get a job when you get hit in the head for a living. You know, these guys
3: retire couple, and have nothing,
2: right?
1: There's a couple of sides to that. And they do physicals. They get checked out. They have to, you know, pass a physical to fight. But are they doing brain scans? Because I don't think they are. No. You know what I mean? I, I'm not knowledgeable enough. I, I, every time we do this talk and I say something like this, I research it before the next episode. So I'm going to look I'm, into I'm, it, but they definitely don't. I'm pretty I, sure I would, you
4: can't. Diagnose CTE until you're dead, and they can look at your.
1: Yeah, body. no, no. Plus, but I mean, some brain scans think you about, can see a little damage. I don't, you know,
2: I'm not a doctor, or anything, but. but think about how much that stuff costs to the states, though, right? Like oh, I, don't even I know, think, yeah. Even Dana White, I don't think could afford to have all his fighters no. have their brain that, scanned. This but is but why it's such thing. a big deal with, with boxing, the NFL. Yeah,
1: yeah. That I mean, with boxing, they make so much more money, but I think that's what has to happen. But it probably won't happen, and as far as like the guys with shitty records, it's almost like, like jobbers in wrestling. Do you know what I mean? Like there, there's a guy that's probably, you know, I was doing, uh, practicing for my five minutes of fighting and there, like two weeks ago there was this weekend I was looking at, and there was a card in Ireland. There was two guys that had like 70 plus losses. Do you know what I mean? But these guys are probably in the gym every day and training, you know what I mean? And then like, some uh, matchmaker and, calls his their coach and goes, "Yo, do you got a guy that we can chuck in against a heavyweight?" And these that's when they give him these guys. And right? my
2: grandfather said to me cuz there was one a couple weeks ago there was a fight between two guys who were undefeated and then when you look at their records, they both fought a jobber. And my grandfather yeah. would say, "Those guys would get paid the second or third most out of the night, all the guys on that card. That dude yeah. is a draw. People actually yeah. will come from all over the country" To watch the guy who's lost over a hundred matches, so yeah, can you really stop his hustle? Losing is these guys part are of pro his. Boxers right? Too, right? Yeah,
1: yeah. There's a couple of guys that that you know, and it's not throwing dirt on his record or anything, but like Tyson caves brought a couple Mexican guys here that didn't have the best record, but like we spoke about before, Mexican fighters are known to come in and bang and put on a show. So you know he Tyson's knocked out most of them. But the fights were amazing. These guys were tough as nails. Do you know what I mean? So it, despite the guys, I, there was one guy he fought maybe two or three times. And I, I was at his last fight. He fought at Bedford LeBron Center. And the guy was tough as fuck. He, he had Tyson with some shots where Tyson almost went down. But, you know, the, I forget his record, but it was like he had 20-plus losses and, and maybe 12 wins or something like that. But, yeah, like, it, you know, when you're putting in a card last minute, especially, and, you know, say you're a, you know, a, a heavyweight prodigy, you're like six and O nine and O with eight knockouts, you know, and your opponent backs out, that's when they call these gyms and say, do you got a guy? Do you got a guy? Do you got a guy? And most of the, most of the time they're going through eight to a dozen gyms because nobody wants to fight this guy. So they, you know, Oh yeah, we got this guy, but he's like 12 and 50. Like, okay, he's heavyweight. Yep. Cool. And it happens, I, you know, being in the Titans gym for a year and a half that I was, I saw it happen a lot with Tyson, with Bunny Phillips, who was Tyson's trainer, you know, and even some of the MMA guys in there, there was a guy, Coco, who was a killer Muay Thai guy and a couple other guys that sometimes they get a call to go fight and they weren't, you know, oh, I'm not even interested in fighting. And then they would go fight Moncton or something because they just needed a guy in a body. So, you know, they had good records though. I'm not shitting on their records. I just mean like, it's a really common thing, especially in
4: boxing. Well, here's, all right, here's my overall thoughts. Now we talked about the records. You, you talk about you know, does it really matter? Yada yada yada. Maybe not when it comes to local shows and stuff like that around here. But if you're talking showtime and and bare knuckle and UFC and maybe you should be worrying about these records, especially when you're have commissions and stuff like that involved. Yeah. Now I'm gonna pull a crazy brew analogy out of the out of the out of the ass yes. here. So I'm gonna kind of compare it to going to an arcade. Now you go to an arcade. You have we'll say five dollars and quarters in your pocket. Now you put that five dollars and quarters, and we'll say you spent 50 cents on the first game and you lose right away. So that 50 cents is gone. Okay, so you put in another 50 cents. Now you keep winning, and you keep winning, and you keep winning and you keep winning. Then you finally lose. So some bunch of time passes by. Okay, so now you have to put in another 50 cents. So you put that, you know, third 50 cents or whatever how much money in. And you keep winning and you keep winning and you keep winning and you keep winning and you keep winning, but you're still playing. Even though the game costs money, you only put in that 50 cents, but you're still winning and you're still playing and you're still playing and you're still playing compared to having a shitty record. When you go into that arcade and you're playing against a guy in Mortal Kombat who can whip your ass every time you keep putting quarters in over and over and over again, eventually you will have nothing left. You have to be withdrawn from the situation. That's what I'm kind of thinking boxing terms. Does Mm -hmm. it come to a point where it's like, this guy has a shitty-ass record. This is a dangerous situation. He does not deserve to be in the professional leagues. We have to do our spot to protect him.
2: Period. Yeah. That's where I'm getting
4: at. And if they yeah. decide
2: to go fight amateur somewhere, fight in people's backyards, dude, that's, that's on them. all on you. That's saying, on them. Yeah. Yeah. And, and truth, I love that analogy because that's literally it. Like, you almost have yeah. a time limit. <clears throat> mm-hmm. And I hate to say it, like, limit it that way because, like, we're talking about Deontay Wilder. 25 of his knockouts he probably didn't get hit yeah he just walked in there backed the guy down hit floyd mayweather well i was going floyd
3: Floyd, say perfect Wilder too
1: yeah. like well the, the problem with well it's not even a problem i that's an amazing analogy in point to sort of devil's advocate without those guys the wilders the mayweathers aren't 20 and an anymore now when they get to their 10th fight they're fighting a lomachenko a javante davis and now as sort of the heavyweight champ, you're now like 19 and four or 23 and five. You know what I mean? So it's for the, for the guy's safety, I do agree. Like they, they should not be fighting, but it's sort of a known boxing thing. Like, you know, they brought Wilder up the right way. They gave him these scrubs. He knocked them all out. uh, You know, and then once he got to like 24 to 30 fights, that's when you're fighting the Stiver and Bermain Stiver. Yeah, see, guys I don't like know the records of all the
4: guys so, that, that Wilder fought on the way up. Or these, these yeah, guys we even, have records of like six wins and twenty losses. And yeah, shit like, like that? Jake
1: Paul made a good point about some, Floyd Mayweather. Some His were pretty shoe opponents. About it. Floyd Mayweather's first two or three opponents were like three and twenty, or you know what I mean. He was just a young guy coming from the Olympics, and they're like, just chuck him in with somebody. So, You know, he he faced heavy hitters a lot earlier than Wilder. Right. But it was, that's how they groomed Wilder to be the champ that he was. He, they want him to be the undefeated guy with like 30 wins and 30 knockouts. You know what I mean? And it's, you know, it it sucks that it happens that way, but it's, it's yeah. There's been a lot of fighters grooming that, especially in the heavier divisions, you know, because the lower divisions are so many good fighters, you know, like at 135, 145, there's probably a dozen guys that could be champ and the heavyweight there's maybe four or five. Right, so it's yeah, it's these guys shouldn't be if, yeah. Like what, once you're thirty losses or forty losses, like just
4: bro, go go take a trade I mean, or be a welder. But or something. If, you know, if they still want to fight, whatever, and they want to do yeah. shit in the amateurs, that's fine. But at yeah. what point does the commission step in and say you don't belong yeah. here? Well, that's there's only so much room.
1: That's one thing that MMA has up on boxing is like it. It didn't happen because of his damage, but Vanderlei Silva can't get sanctioned anywhere. He could probably go fight in Florida right now Hmm. because Florida's a fucking (laughs) bunch of idiots. But, uh, you know, I was watching an interview, like, not long ago with uh, Tito Ortiz, and he was just talking about Van Lee Silva, and, like, that guy took so much damage, you know? And and that's one thing I do give uh, Dana White credit for is, like, once these guys get to that point, he's like, "Ah." Even with Silva, who was probably, you know, arguably the best MMA fighter of all time, Still kicking ass in the boxing he, world today. No, he is. Yeah, but once he got knocked out a few times, May, Dana White was like, you know what? I I can't watch this anymore. Right. Which is Dana props was to famous Dana.
4: for. Dana was famous for paying Chuck Liddell more money to sit at home and not fight anywhere, yeah. to do anything than yeah. any, than what he got paid for yeah. fighting in his last few yeah. fights. You know what I mean? Yeah, he took and a lot
1: of damage. But Van Lysova. You know, he, well, you know all these what, guys, man. That's
2: why he got like he paid Diego to leave, basically. Yeah, like, we, yeah. We call it a severance, but he didn't want Diego Sanchez yeah. to fight for him anymore. That's why you know, I'm shocked BJ that Clay Penn, is still like, in UFC. No, see, that's the thing with Clay.
4: Clay's my boy on UFC this Four, is, man. That yeah, guy got see, me a lot is, of ranking yeah. points. No, online. I love him, and he
1: still he still <laughs> wins once in a while, but he, he's taking so much damage. He's, he's got me a lot
4: of ranking points online on UFC Four.
0: Ah, uh, that's one of the things,
2: though, where it's like.
4: Is that that's the selling point of Clay Guida? Is that he's not going to block a punch, but he'll throw? You know what I mean? Like
2: yeah,
1: yeah. Oh, I know. Yeah, he I, signed I up.
2: It, like he signed up for yeah. it. See, I don't
4: know his personal life. Is he? Is he completely aware? Is he healthy? Is he? Uh, if he's all that good to go, then let him fight. Yeah, my yeah
1: my my point with throwing him in there is he's just taking a lot of damage. So I would guess if they brain scanned him, he's. Uh, <laughs> Well, I got some damage. <laughs> but I mean, but I look, look at that. the way he
4: acts compared to the way the Diego oh, Sanchez yeah. acts. And it's yeah. like, okay, I can yeah. see why Dana's like, okay, Diego, it's yeah. time to shut her down, buddy. Yeah.
1: And I mean, he's, Clay Guida's thirty-eight, thirty-nine, but he hasn't really gone on like a five fight losing streak. He loses two, wins one. You know what I mean? Like,
4: It's, so, it's the Robbie Lawler syndrome. You know he's going to bring a good fight every time. Yeah, oh, 100%. Yeah. Yeah. Frankie yeah. tickets good. at the end of the day,
2: right? Yeah, you got a short yeah. list of names. You got a short list of names. Yep. So, All right, fellas, we're going to close the night off really quick with a bit of Kevin Holland. The fight was a bit uh, controversial, headbutt, yeah. no contest in the end. But what is it with fucking UFC fighters in, like, Car robberies and carjackings, and it's like every yeah. fucking time I turn around, I know there's
4: like John Jones, Derek Lewis. Lewis. I just yeah. briefly seen this story before we started recording. Oh, did you? Uh, yeah. I didn't get a chance yeah. to read into it yet. Oh Dylan so Dan is
1: getting fucked up by the bouncer.
3: Yes, it's just
1: that like what awesome. the
3: fuck, <laughs> man? What the fuck?
1: I think BKFC uh like offered him a contract or something, even though he didn't throw any punches. I think he just choked him out, but that's still-
2: the guy that choked out till the Yeah.
1: Yeah. It wasn't BKFC, <laughs> but it was some like underground Avatar. thing.
3: Yeah,
2: <laughs> <laughs> That's freaking comical. So uh, the only re- reason I'm even bringing it up is like, you know, Kevin Holland being the character that he is, you know, a bit of a, a, a tough patch right now, but he's going on about making the money ends up in the media accidentally, all this other stuff, blah, 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 blah. Truth. You got the wrestling background, so you know what this is all about. How important is it, and we're hearing this conversation from a lot of the fighters, to maintain a outside-of-the-ring personality, persona, and profile? I know some guys would prefer to not have it, and girls, some of them don't really have the quote-unquote personality or look to make money outside of the ring, if you will. But is it important to you guys? Like, Are you drawn to a fighter because of their persona outside of the ring? Or is it all strictly business for you? In truth, the reason I want to start with you is because with wrestling, it's kind of the perfect mix of kayfabe and reality. You cheer for some of these guys, even if they're heels, because you know who they are outside of the ring, because WWE, AEW, et cetera, they do a really good job of telling these guys' stories on their series, but we're so connected to them through social media. So when it comes to like a UFC fighter, a boxer, does the persona matter to you? Are you drawn to a Kevin Holland rather than the guy who's undefeated? because of that persona
4: it's kind of a yes and no because it's like was i drawn to sean o'malley because he talked a bunch of shit and kicked people in the head yeah i was but am i turned away from sean o'malley because he talks too much shit and he spends too much time tapping on little kids that haven't been in the ufc before and takes this you know what i mean like that kind of shit kevin holland do i love the fact that he talks shit and then he knocks out Ray soja while he's laying on his back i love it do i hate the fact that he talks shit and he gets slammed while he's talking shit about being wrestling you know what i mean like there's there's comes a point in time where it's like i get it you're trying to do a gimmick and you're trying to do whatever but there's another point in time where it's like time to fight but within saying that would conor mcgregor be anywhere as near what he would be if he didn't do all the social media ranting and all that shit would there be would he be half of what he is now if he didn't throw a dolly through a fucking bus window you know what i mean like it's it's that outside shenanigans that makes me want to tune in to see what happens even like as bad as it was you know what i mean it's at the press conference when you're seeing nate diaz and, and conor mcgregor tossing water bottles at each other you know telling each other to fuck off and blah 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 it's it's that kind of shenanigans that's going to make me want to tune in to see these guys beat the shit out of each other. When it comes to pro wrestling, it's completely different because it's, I realized it's characters that they are playing in the ring. It's like seeing something, you know, Leonardo DiCaprio doing something and me watching his movies different. You know what I mean? It's just, it doesn't quite work like that. I I've, I've ridden with guys that I'm, you know, that I'm cool with. And I have watched them perform in the ring that are, they're playing the heel role. And it's like, you cunt like, you know what I mean? Like I good job being an asshole. You know what I mean? Like it's, but that's that's what you're supposed to do but when it comes to like real fighting and shit like that like seeing Mayweather flaunt his money around you know what I mean he he knows what he's doing there's a reason you know what I mean that's that's why he's fully Mayweather it's uh, would he blow up if he didn't there's a reason why you don't see much of Jan Blahovich. he's the UFC lightweight champion but why don't we hear about him because he's not flaunting his shit he's not talking a bunch of shit on you know what I mean he's just a fighter that's all he is and you see the difference
2: Well said. Well said. How about you, Bru? I I mean, you could take the parallels from wrestling similarly to how truth did, but like he said, Mm -hmm. it's not the same and it's a good Mm -hmm. point, but we've seen that evolution kind of happen more so in mixed martial arts and in boxing, you know, boxing has become a circus Mm -hmm. for lack of better terms. Mm -hmm. So like, do you get drawn to it or are you thrown away by some of this foolishness? Because like, I remember you brought up the Lamar Odom fight a couple of weeks ago and I didn't even know what was happening. So like stuff like, the, just the circus, the sideshow stuff. Like to me, it doesn't actually fully pull me in. But mm-hmm. we talk about the paws all the time, so here I am being yeah. a hypocrite. It actually does. <laughs> so, like, what does yeah. it do for you? What um, does do all the excess stuff?
1: I, I'm someone that there's, here's the thing. I'm a hypocritical as fuck because there's some fighters that were cocky, say that I hate, and there's some that I love. You know what I mean? I was at the, I was at the fight that Anderson Silva got knocked out by Wybin. You know what I mean? And I was the biggest Anderson Silva fan at the time. I I still am. But if he wasn't being a fucking idiot, you know what I mean? Like he was he was winning the fight. I mean, he got taken down a little bit here and there, but like he wasn't losing the fight. Why did you have to lean back and do all that shit? You know what I mean? So, but as far as like the outside shit, I'm a big separator and I've told I've said it probably 10 times in this podcast. Like it's not that I don't care. And, and, you know, these guys that are out there, you know, I'm I'm glad leagues are taking a stance on domestic violence and things like this, but at the end of the day, like I'm a Steelers fan. So I hated Ray Rice, but if that was a Steelers running back, he's probably still my favorite running back. You know what I mean? Like, so that's sort of why I brought up the boxing thing earlier, because like I said, some of these guys come from nothing. There's no excuse if they're out. Party and then they, you know, attack 10 guys and knock them all out and get charged with, you know, attempted murder or manslaughter or something. But am I going to watch that guy? Am I going to watch Javante Davis after he beats up his girlfriend? I'm, yeah, I'm going to watch his next fight. I, you know what I mean? I'm just John Jones. Yeah. Oh, I know. Like, even, yeah. Like, even we talked about that before. Like, I, I still think John Jones is still in my goat list. You know what I mean? And he's an idiot. But he's probably the biggest idiot in the history of combat sports. But, um, or he's you know in the top three. But you know if he comes back and fights Nagano next year, I'm hyped for that fight. You know what I mean? Like, so I'm a I'm a huge separator. It's probably I'd be the enemy of like feminists right now, or or you know like the argument of why does Sue Bird make this and LeBron makes this? You know I, I see women post that on Facebook, and you know yeah you have a point, but. LeBron James is selling $300 million a merch a year. Subert is selling see that. I don't get why, they don't, that. Don't get why they don't see the comparison. It's but it's to me, it's women that don't even watch basketball. They don't even know who Subert is.
2: You know what I mean? So Well, what, what happened was is in and the, the United States women's soccer team started mm-hmm. the snowball because Yeah,
1: the same pay. They want the same pay.
2: And that's an example of where it's deserved because the women sell more jerseys than the men. To get the viewers, are they numbers, getting more viewers, and are they creating more yeah, merchandise? But here's yeah, but here's the big, more. but here's the gap. It's the gate. Yeah, and you're operating a stadium and not actually making that overhead. Meanwhile, the men, ten percent of the stadium, and they're already covered. It's it's yeah. it's a weird conundrum that you have to just you tread lightly because you don't want to be called like you know an enemy of the feminists, but you have to yeah. be real. The WNBA has never <clears throat> turned a profit. Will yeah. it?
0: Maybe. Maybe. Maybe, Maybe on the Paris other coming end. Coming up through the
2: ranks right now. You know what I'm saying? Like, I, the ratings have improved. The jerseys mm-hmm. are selling year by year. These girls are becoming um, individual superstars the same way the NBA girls are. We're starting to see yeah. college stars. And now with the name image likeness thing coming into play, you'll see it even more.
4: Yeah, yeah. But, I don't remember just, the latest year I have, but they just introduced the, the WNBA to the 2K games.
2: Yeah. 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 Which is yeah. a big step. But
4: yeah. as
1: far as, like you said, with the gate thing, like my first year at university, Shoot. I played ball for Ottawa U and we were a top 10 ranked team for half the season. Our women's team was, was uh, they were ranked, I think two or three different times. And, you know, we used to travel on the bus to the same, we play the same team. So if we went to Laurentian or we went to Bryerson, we're all on the bus. And we'd sit down and watch their games and be sometimes the only fans And then we go to play, you know, two hours later and we come out from the locker room, boom, it's packed, sold out 500 people or 300, sometimes whatever. Yeah. And, you know, we got not arguments, but debates with the women sometimes like, you know, is it our fault that maybe people think men's basketball is a little more exciting? No. You know what I mean? So when I see the women posting that Sue Bird versus LeBron thing, I I get what they're getting at, but it also shows they don't know
2: basketball, or
1: they don't. what was know the last NBA,
4: NBA game they were at? The economics, yeah, it's or the watch economics, or
2: right? It's all yeah. the economics and the like, the, the business. Yeah. Capitalism is evil to the feminism movement. I'm not trying mm-hmm. to be that conservative asshole, but I'm just mm-hmm. being honest. That's like it, it's their enemies. They do not mix. It's oil and water. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. when there's a blunt, and obvious form of capitalism and economic gain like like the difference between a and b and it's presented to you and the unfortunate difference between a and b is men and women it becomes an argument or some sort of oppressive statement or whatever else and because of that you almost need a reparation like give Subert as yeah. much as give all these. I say this to people all the time, and Brew, you and I coach women's basketball. We want to see nothing but success for women's athletes. The, the Metro Basketball Association that's about to start here, or whatever they're going to call it the, the Women's Basketball League here in a year or two, that's an amazing, groundbreaking, trend-setting idea that they're starting right here in the Atlantic provinces. It's fucking amazing yeah. to me that, that, that they're doing this here, and how they've already agreed. Um, how finances are going to be dis- dispensed and all this. Like to me, this is a beautiful example of how mm-hmm. we can make this work. No matter if you're male or female startup, bam, bam, bam. That being said, you give these girls in the WNBA, even 2 million, $3 million a year. The league's dead in a year, two years. Yeah. Oh, hundred percent. They can't, it they can't pay say the bills now, can't, but you, yeah, you can't sustain. It's all about sustainability. And I joke. Yeah. This is terrible. I might get canceled for this, but <laughs> feminism and the green movement go hand in hand you can understand sustainability in the green movement Mm -hmm. but not in the business sector we cannot create equity when it comes to dominant or entire focused women's groups by giving them more that literally is going to eliminate
4: the platform for women's athletes it just doesn't make sense if that's the case if that's the case i want 200 billion dollars for this show too like joe rogan just said (laughs) on his spotify so it's. Yeah, I want I want a paycheck next time we hit record. Or you want Roman <laughs> Reigns money? You know what I'm saying? Like, cause this is bullshit. I'm doing the same thing. I'm talking on a microphone like Joe Rogan does. Why can't I get oh, Joe Rogan money? Shit.
1: Well, oh. you know what? To it, it's the girls it's the like, girls it's like the- this. Oh, sorry, go it's ahead. Why, yep. oh no, it, like what? You know, vax anti-vax. It, there's always the two sides, right? And, and Republican, Democrat. Like, why does? Why can't women's Sports or whatever, just be women's sports. Why is there comparison? Do you know what I mean? Like, if you watch Amanda Nunes, like we talked about, I was just gonna she, say that I she's was one of the lowest selling pay per view fighters. But I get excited to watch her. It, she's one of the best, probably the best woman ever. Do you know what I mean? But I, I would be suffice to say her merch probably doesn't sell half of what if a tenth of what Conor McGregor's does. Do you know what I mean? So it's it's <laughs> the the expectation is there the sort of what potential is definitely is, there too, yeah. The potential is yeah. there and what they're getting at is right. It's just that there you can't there's nothing that that you can compare it to. They're, they shouldn't compare it. The WNBA, even though the name NBA is in it, shouldn't be compared to NBA. No. Because someone coming to the league is not, you know, uh you look at um Lamello Ball, you look at these guys, you look at You know, I'm a Knicks fan, so, like, I'll say, just as an example, Obi Toppin coming in the league had, like, 700,000 followers on Instagram, right? Where, I forget her name, but the young UConn girl that's, like, already the best in college basketball, she has a lot, but she might have, like, two or 300,000, yeah, right? So these guys are coming in, once they get in the NBA, have, like, 10 million, you know, like, LeBron James passed Kylie Jenner at one point last year for followers on Twitter. You know what I'm saying? Like, what Sue Bird have? Like, you know, I I would hope she has a couple million, but if she has three hundred thousand, I wouldn't be shocked. Yeah. You know what I mean? So, it, as a father, also of a, of a daughter, yeah, I'm gonna promote her. Like, you can be anything, and 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 you can do this and do that. But there's just factors. You know what I mean? Like, if Junior grows up and and plays major league baseball, you know, am I gonna tell her she can do it? Probably, but. She's probably not going to do it. You know what I'm saying? Like,
2: yeah, it's you know, like, there's women's it, leagues. There's whatever
1: come, you can do it, it, but it's it's just not the same.
4: Right. It all comes down to the popularity of it, obviously, because I mean, yeah, like, yeah, it's just look at the sport difference. I mean, you brought up Amanda Nunes. There's no way you can't tell me Amanda Nunes is getting paid a, a lot more than a bunch of men on the UFC roster. Yeah, Valentina Shevchenko. There's no way you can't tell me she's not getting paid more than a bunch of men on the UFC roster. That's why I say why compare it.
1: Like why compare it? Why not be happy that Amanda Nunes is making this money? Why not be happy that Ronda Rousey broke down barriers for all combat sports? Like, you know, it's like why didn't Ronda Rousey get four million? She only got one million. Like, and
2: and to be fair, I think you can do both. I think you can. I think you can salute where women are at right now, but also demand more. You know, and I I am sitting here kind of cracking jokes about the whole WNBA girls making three, four, five million dollars a year. The league goes under. Mm
3: -hmm.
2: Nobody in the UFC is making that money, though. Well, but but what I'm getting at is, is we're about to enter a new generation, a new era, a new basis where women are going to get paid on. on, We're seeing it already in the business sector, education sector. Mm -hmm. Male teachers aren't getting paid more than female teachers. Male doctors aren't getting paid. I mean, obviously, statistically, it probably exists. But starting now, now, (laughs) that's terrible. But like, you know, there's a starting point (laughs) where things are going to start to proceed and progress. What happened in the past sucks. The discrepancies suck. The inequality sucks. But there's there's a part where you can like start at. And I think where the UFC has an advantage over the WNBA, NBA, over women's soccer to men's soccer, all sports, all everything is the UFC is still basically new. It's young. It's very, very fresh in its history. The women's division especially is years old, not even a decade old. Mm -hmm. So what they have an advantage of that the other sports don't have is legacy. They grew a legacy like a mushroom where when it comes to the NBA, it was around for how many years before the WNBA? How long was the MLS and, and men's soccer around before they finally decided to have the women's leagues? UFC was around for, what, 10, 15 years before the women showed up, but it was also booming when the women showed up. So it's almost like the other sports leagues can look towards the UFC, boxing, combat sports in general, because I know a lot of WWE women get paid on a good par with the men as well because they have an image and a likeness. And it's worth yeah. money. And Vince isn't a dumbass. He pays some of them girls way more to stick around because he knows that they can oh, make yeah. a lot modeling. He knows that they can make a lot acting. Here's,
4: here's the biggest difference, though. These people, these women and stuff, they're coming up into the UFC that's already booming and blowing up. Not coming yeah. in and creating a WUFC. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? That's true. Yeah, that's true. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's, that, true. That, that's a big difference. Yep.
1: I think the best example for sort of the pay thing is tennis because
4: yes, that's a very. Good I love point. tennis.
1: I haven't watched like hardcore like I used to. But I know, uh, I don't know the exact number, but I remember doing research one time and the 2015 Wimbledon, I want to say, Serena got like under 500,000 and Federer who won got like 800,000, which isn't that far off, but it was better than what it used to be. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. so, and, and people watch, I watch Wimbledon because of Serena. I watch, you know, the US Open because of Serena and women like that. I don't watch because of Federer. I love Federer. I love you know what I mean? But the fact of the matter is, I think to the, today more people watch for the women, but the pay is also closer than it was. So tennis is getting it right. It's just that the women are selling more than the men for the most part. Can you hear mm. my kids as that- <laughs> Yeah, it's awesome. <laughs> I'm just laughing to myself because they're, they're sleeping. Like- this-
4: one one minute we're talking about the the bare knuckle fighting, and then all of a sudden we're talking. I'm gonna have to go back and listen to this to find out how we. Get <laughs> well, no, because the, 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 the kickoff <laughs> question to this was about Kevin
2: Holland and like your image outside the ring. How does it draw you to it? Whatever else.
4: This is how we got on the women's pay. Like <laughs> it's yeah. a perfectly well, valid. Is, thing it's always me, bro.
2: I'm not I'm trying to tent count, folks. but but I'm not. I'm not. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not trying to be shallow. But remember when the lingerie football league first launched? Mm -hmm. people wanted to tune the fuck in but you didn't know that there's been a women's professional flag football league for just as long as that lingerie league that has disappeared and come back how many times right (laughs) Mm -hmm. it's about finding a balance and i really 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 do think that the ufc leads by example and truth you just made a very good point there's no division i mean there's obvious division you're the ufc strawweight champ. i guess that's actually no you know what yeah they don't even put women's in the titles i don't think do they
4: yeah, they do. Do they? But there's different divisions. Yes, but there's not a different league. Yeah, and that's and that's
2: that's just it, right? Like you have men alongside women in the platform, and that's the way it should be. You know, you they're I think all that's under
4: the same umbrella. Yeah, LeBron James is over in the NBA, and so and so is in the yeah. WNBA. Two different companies. There's you know, no WNHL. W- H- H- even I've even with MMA. To, like, oh, yep. I know. I was gonna say
1: Cyborg has a women's Brazilian MMA league. And some of these women are world-class uh, fighters, but their ratings suck. Do you know what I mean? Like, and maybe it's because it's only in Brazil. Maybe it's because it's like 90% Brazilian fighters. There could be tons of reasons. But, you know, it's just like Invicta was awesome. A lot, of, a lot of good UFC women came from Invicta, right? But Invicta's like ratings weren't great. And, uh, you know.
2: Invicta literally lives off of buyouts. I remember reading yeah. an article where Dana sees a girl. Mm-hmm. She's mm-hmm. still signed on with Invicta for like three more years. Dana says to Invicta, "Well, here's a hundred grand. I want her." I mean, yeah. that's 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 a bit hyperbolic, but like it's along those mm-hmm. lines that Invicta literally yeah. lives off the fact that yeah Dana There's can't least, Dana doesn't want to buy
1: fighters. It. They've done that it, way. Yeah.
2: yeah, and I honestly. It could be a plus and a minus. I mean, on the topic of what we're talking about, like it would be kind of maybe a, a dumb thing to do. But like if Dana bought Invicta, just keep it the way it is and promote it as what it is. It could open that door more to the female fan base that's not quite there with the ufc like there is probably more you know what i take that back to an extent i'd say more girls probably watch the fights than watch anything else but is that because there's sexy men on the screen with good looking bodies no homo you know what i'm saying Say
4: fuck that bring them on the contender series you know what Dana's (laughs) saying. but this was the point i was
2: getting at and i'm about to be blunt and a little bit ignorant but that's what i was getting at with the lingerie football league if the women were all attractive more people would watch and it is the most ignorant and narrow-minded thing for me to say but that's Mm -hmm. where this conversation started kevin holland outside of the octagon
4: draws eyes if you're gonna flip it around then Paige van zandt well not one of the greatest careers but a very you know popular person a very Mm -hmm. popular individual very you Mm -hmm. know what i mean like but they didn't have the greatest, you know, yeah. run in the UFC. They, yeah. Their last couple fights in the bare knuckle, I believe weren't the greatest. And no. She lost both KO so or,
1: yeah, but no, you're right. And she made, she did like an OnlyFans name. type website and. You know what I mean? Yeah.
2: Yeah. And it, it's just, like, you can't obviously, it's, it's almost rude to say like, hey girls, you all have to do an OnlyFans to make the money the men make. Like that's not what I'm saying, but it's just like she just saw
1: an opportunity and took
4: it and It's what worked for her.
1: Power to her to make the money, but there's women out there that said, Fuck that. You know what I mean? Like I'm a serious fighter and I'm only fighting and if I'm gonna get sponsorships it's it's because I'm a good fighter, not because I'm have a pretty face or you know. And there's men there's men too. There's athletes that model and shit too, but
4: but to loop it around, it's the it's that outside popularity that mm -hmm. she's got that makes her you know Mm -hmm. kevin holland successful so to speak yeah it's that outside popularity that kevin Mm -hmm. holland does that makes him who he is today yeah Mm -hmm. can't criticize somebody for being popular it's that's right that's how you wrap up women pay back into the ufc (laughs) kevin holland (laughs) talk. but
2: listen man we have uncomfortable as shit conversations on this show and hopefully somebody's listening to this conversation and they're like you know what I thought about that, but I didn't want to say it because, you know, I might get canceled or somebody might get rid of me on Facebook, you know.
4: Disclaimer, what we say is all within kindness of our hearts. Well, yeah, 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 Sometimes it's not even my full opinion. It's just I like to talk about it. I've
1: been I have been blessed
2: to talk to and I'm not going to name any names just because blank. I've been very lucky to cross paths with a person who has owned a sports team over the last couple of years and talk to this person once, every, every once in a while and peel the onion, talk, da, 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 da. And one of the questions that's very popular is, is when's there going to be a women's team? And his honest answer was when we can afford to lose money. Mm-hmm. And it hit me like a ton of bricks, but it was just the reality. He said, mm-hmm. when we start this, we want to be pleasantly surprised. But when we start this, we also want to prepare for it to be a failure. And it's mm-hmm. not just for women's teams. Anytime you start any business in life, anytime you start a project, anytime you start anything, you have to have a plan to fail. Even if your plan is to only succeed, you still have to have a fallback plan. I'm mm-hmm. proud of, of seeing like the, I think it's called the MWBA, the Metro women's basketball association, if I'm not mm-hmm. mistaken. It's the beginning of something I think for the future of women's athletics you don't need to be on par with the men. You don't have to compare yourself to the men. Be your own entity and we will come. Male or female or buy or try or whatever you are. I ain't even trying to be rude, but that's, I think, what it is. If you build it, they will come. And I do truly, honestly believe the future is female when it comes to sports. And, Brew, I am glad that you brought up the Serena Williams thing brothers ain't watching go- t- tennis to watch roger federer and nadal or any of the i did i loved andy murray none of my yeah. brothers know who the fuck andy murray is like what the fuck is andy murray that's some dude from <laughs> eastern passage no one of the greatest <laughs> tennis players of all time but they know serena and venus yeah right
1: yeah.
2: you know women's golf that. is booming right now women's golf ratings are going through the yeah. roof and you know is it because yeah. the girls are attractive no I'm not trying to be like, you know what I mean? Is it because of this is because of that? No, it's just, it's just because there's a ceiling. There's a, definitely a ceiling, and it's not even close to being reached yet. The WMBA still the ceiling has ceiling in that throw.
4: In particular, in golf, like, I don't even watch golf, but do you think the ceiling of that in particular, if they took the L out of that and they just lumped them into the PGA, the same with the men, and just did it all in one big game? When, Michelle, shit?
2: when Michelle Wee did her thing, it changed a lot of people's perception on... If female golfers can compete with male golfers in the wrong way, similar to Danica Patrick, when she drove Indy,
4: they don't even like, have to compete with the men, so to speak. They just do their own games, but in the same days and the same runs, the men's doing it. So it's yeah, all on the, same TV, you know the reason I mean? they
2: don't do that with golf is just because more makes the course in a little more rough shape. You know what I'm saying? Like if you've got, yeah.
3: you've got
2: 150 people playing as opposed to 300 people playing, the one thing with golf is that like the, the, Aside from the tees being a little bit closer, it's all the same
4: basis. So, like, if yeah, you, I don't, yeah, 300... I don't know the, the logistics of it. Yeah, like, so like... golf works and whatever, but like, I'm looking at UFC terms. Like, you get men and women fighting. I see what you're saying. Yep, you know what I mean. But it's like, so it's, it's would it be more exposure to have you know so and so team right up next to Tiger Woods? Like, you know yeah. what I mean? It's no, you're, you're, you you make a great I point, bro. Like,
2: I've actually honestly, I thought that that and, and and I'm glad that you brought this up because this is one of my like fantasy sports. Things like if I could start a sports league, blah, blah, blah. That's what I would do. You have the PGA and the LPGA event running at the same time, but pairing a you've got Tiger Woods, uh, Brooke Henderson for your female. And then Jim Furyk is your senior. So these guys are playing in three different tournaments, three different everything but they're all teeing off together at the same time. Like when they run marathons, men and women, they all, they leave at the same time. Like it's, there's no, like, it's you know the what I'm saying? Thing. So to me, I love that you brought this up truth. And you're not even like a golf guy, but like I know that you might tune into that more so than if it's just
4: a regular golf event, because it's something different. And well, it's like, that, what that I, to I, me- as an outside fan, would I see more of it? Because like when I tune into sports center, I'm seeing PGA highlights. Now would I see PGA highlights with a man and women doing the, you know what I mean? Like, would I see more women in it? Because it's PGA, it is it is what it is. Same thing with the UFC, you know what I mean? It's not like, it's not like when they do UFC highlights, it's here's the men. And then, you know, on a different show, it's the women fighting. It's, yeah. you know, here's what happened this week in UFC, men, women, you name it. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, it's, I don't know, the separation thing is well more, and makes a difference. that's the thing that goes the other way because when michelle
2: we was at her peak they would show her but they didn't even show who was winning the tournament when danica patrick was racing it doesn't matter who won the race how did danica do like there was that counter to it that kind of drove people away from it like oh we're only we're only talking about her because she's female well nigga yeah we are only talking about her because she's female it's an amazing thing that she's yeah. doing right now. It's an accomplishment. This is incredible. But when they quote unquote fail, you've got, you know, Uncle Bucktooth from fucking Georgia going, ha ha, see, women shouldn't be racing. Ha ha, see, women shouldn't be golfing with the men, blah, 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 blah.
4: You know, I. Again, you're, you're talking about like a compare, like they're going to, they're going to. Don't compare. Other. Yeah it just not even them- compare like don't even like, like they're not even going to be competitive with each other just say if you have platform. tiger woods versus phil nicholson on on the, the one side but in that same day on the same course you also have so and so and so and so from the lpga lydia you ko know, versus brooke, brooke Anderson like if lydia co if
2: lydia co and brooke henderson went one on one right now in the golf world that would be huge but there's just no sponsors there's not enough for it because a, a lot of people aren't going to watch it when tiger because faces it-
4: phil it's umbrellaed under the LPGA, not the PGA. Bingo. You so, like, so when you do Tiger versus Phil, have an undercard with broken and Lydia,
2: like that puts know. right, like it, yeah, sure, kind of is under the men, but similar to the UFC, they share the same platform, and at the very worst, somebody's just casually watching you. There's still eyes on you. There's still exposure. Maybe people aren't paying as much attention to you as they are the men fighting at the end of the night but at the very least you're on the same platform as them and to me that is the future of women's sports I do truly honestly believe the examples we're seeing in tennis and golf and other sports will cross over and I think that they'll also be able to lead the way by integrating more even you know golf golf isn't quite there because the women play the course a week after two weeks after but I think that just comes down to like the health of things but You know, Wimbledon, U.S. Open, most of the the tennis events, they play the same time. You've got the men's and then the women next to each other. And if you buy the ticket to come see the men play, well, you you may as well stick around and watch the women play or vice versa. You come early while you're watching the girls play. They're, They're warming up the court before the men come on. You know, to me, that's the future in all senses. And I think the WNBA, the NBA needs to do something with this league where if you buy a ticket to an NBA game, Maybe you just chip in the extra five bucks you come two hours early to watch the WNBA game. Sure. Mm -hmm. The women's sports are still depending on the men's sports to get that platform and get that exposure, but you have to start somewhere. And unfortunately a lot of these women's leagues are trying to do their own television deals. They're trying to do their own business entities. They're trying to do their own sponsorships. And it all, unfortunately it just fails. They all have to fall back on the men again. And it's not something that I'm not trying to be like, I watch the WNBA like the semifinals are fucking lit right now, man. Like I love watching women's basketball. My grandfather all the time. He's got ABC on, on Saturdays, watching WNBA, you know, (laughs) it's yes. And you know what? It's because it's ball. That's the thing right there. Truth is there has to be a way to market things that it's just the sport. Not it's the women's sport, Mm -hmm. not it's the men's sport, just it's the sport. And yeah. unfortunately the only way it seems that it, the ratings set tend to go one way or the other is if a woman is attractive or if a woman is dominant, it's one or the other. Yeah. And it's unfortunate in that, my sense. It's It's a totally unfortunate.
1: Okay. I, I guess to put a cap on my point, it's, it's, if you think in music terms, it's okay to be the open and act. Right. Like, you know, he didn't have the best career, but like, Memphis Bleak toured with Jay-Z for 15, 20 years and was always the opening act. You know how much money that guy's sitting on? You know what I mean? I was obviously a lower scale. I've ever traveled class so many years. I, what really woke me up was right when I stopped touring with those guys, I did a tour with Bone Thugs across Canada. And even then, crowds boomed. Then I went across Canada by myself as the headliner, and I went from performing in front of one to 5,000 people to 100 if I was lucky. You know what I mean? And it was a humbling experience, but I'm glad I did it. But the good thing about it was the smaller crowds were there to see me. You know what I mean? You don't, you don't always know when you're in the bigger crowds. Like you get off stage and people are like, Oh my God, you were sick. But like 99% of those people are there to see you. It was very rare. Maybe once every five or six shows, I had people come up to me like, Oh, you know, like I'm not even a huge fan of class. I paid to see you like, you know what I mean? So it's it's okay uh... to be the opening act.
2: That's what Eric I – mean, I mean, this is a totally different, like, example, but, like, when I was talking to Eric Cruikshank after he retired from playing with the – I guess it would have been the Rain Men then, he said, I didn't care that we weren't playing in front of three, four, five thousand 5,000 people. I love the fact that half the crowd were kids because to that kid, I'm a superhero. To their father, I'm a reject that never made the NBA. But to that kid, I'm a superhero, Right. So what you're saying, and, and this is where women's sports, to me, has a future. The Wanderers are going to get 6,000 people. The women's team might get 1,000 people, which is a crazy number. Still, let's say that is a crazy number. But, you know, it's not going to look the same. It's not going to feel the same, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. That being said, you know, all 1,000 of those people are there for that. Of those 6,000 people to watch the Wanderers, how much are they just, you know, free tickets or just the, the experience, the entertainment? You know what I'm saying? women's sports fans are more pure because they are more invested in the product listen i'm telling you that rugby game that i went to a month ago i don't know why they didn't have the whole stadium open because the women filled that place it was like 80 percent girls in that place to see their girls right it's women supporting women how do you trigger that at a professional level i don't know And I'm really, really excited to see what the future has to hold when it comes to women's sports, because like I said, there's a ceiling. I'm being blunt, but what is the ceiling? We're certainly not there. In my opinion, we're not there. I think that there is something there. If there's a professional women's hockey team at the Halifax Metro Center, they're going to draw a couple thousand people a game. Mm -hmm. If you build it, they will come. And that's also, pretty much, that's, that's the cap of my thoughts on this. Yeah, if you guys got any more points yeah. on this, you know I'd love I, to hear. I,
1: I know, I want to wrap it up, but for oh, yeah. me, the people that are complaining, are you going to these games? You know what I mean? Exactly. You're like, you're like oh, this girl boxer, like, only gets paid. Are you going to those fights? Are you watching these WNBA games? If more people watched, you could sell more merch, more, you know what I mean? There's there's TV deals that are bigger. So, like Chris, you said, like, it's it is growing, but like, if the people that are complaining go to these games.
2: Listen, I got a checklist of right. activists mm-hmm. that if they are if they're not there for the women of the Metro Women's Basketball Association games, if I don't see one of these, I, mm-hmm. you can trumpet and talk well, about women's rights. You know what I'm saying? Like if you're gonna go on about women's rights, black women having a platform, etc., etc., etc. If I don't see your ass at these basketball games, I will call you out as a black man. You can call me sis, this, sis, that, sis, whatever the hell you want. Yeah. (laughs) Call me what you want. I will call you out. You cannot sit online and platform yourself as a person who is for women's rights and women's power and women's this and women's that. And then when we have one of the first professional basketball leagues in all of Canada, here in Halifax, Nova Scotia, if you aren't there, what are you active? What are you like? What are you an activist for? Like. I, this is a whole other podcast that the I likes. can get into, man. Like, yeah, that's yeah, what it is, man. Likes, likes, And you know what, if they, if they are at the basketball games to get the likes, you know, fine, but at least you're using your platform yeah, yeah. to expose something. And, you know, we know the people that are seepers, the, uh, yeah. the culture vultures, if you will, the people that just show up to the events to take the picture for the gram, but you know yeah. what? They still have hundreds of thousands, thousands yeah. of, followers, you know what I mean? It, it's still, it still shines, a light. Still shines yeah. a light. And honestly, I want to see that. I need to see point. that. True said
1: it best probably, I don't know, five, six episodes ago. Like, Ronda Rousey opened the door for a lot of women in not just MMA, but wrestling for the fact that you had that Bianca Belair-Sasha Banks match. Like, you know what I mean? So, I'm sure, like, if you really took the stats, a predominant number of fans that watch wrestling, professional wrestling are men, but these women are bringing more women to watch. Do you know what I mean? So, like, you might not have said that 10 years ago. There's no way women will ever headline a, a pay-per-view or, like, a main, you know, main event of a huge show. But it shows that it's possible, and, and, you know, more people need to give credit to Ronda Rousey for that type of shit.
4: And, and listen, we just talked about this in the chats. WWE is going to Saudi Arabia and yeah. doing a show for a country that women have just been allowed to drive. Like, yeah. their rights and their systems <laughs> yeah. are fucked. but yet here's wwe a silly little professional wrestling company coming to this brand or not brand new country coming to this country with these you know dare i say fucked up rules and lifestyle Mm -hmm. and sparking things and changing things they've had women go into the stadium and perform and there are little girls in that saudi Arabia stadium watching sasha banks natalia lacey evans uh uh, coming up you know Sasha Banks coming up this weekend Bianca Belair Becky Lynch there's mm-hmm. girls watching this in Saudi Arabia you don't think that's going to spark some kind of mm-hmm. change in the next yep. 15 20 years what's right. going to you know what I mean like mm-hmm. all because of silly little professional wrestling you know what I mean like it's it's it, it there's there's a lot happening right now and Straight dare up. I say it's because Ronda Rousey blew up in the UFC
3: hey
2: there's nothing wrong with that man there I mean that that's it's fair to use that i guess pinpoint in history as the catalyst and like you said it's not just in wrestling or mma but it is all fields Mm -hmm. the the, the way she was even able to take well you know name image likeness from gable steveson all the way to the yukon girl Mm -hmm. ronda knew that her image was worth more than the companies that she was working for at least in that increment And she found a way to maximize it. And I think that that is an avenue and an angle for a lot of women's uh, athletes and entertainers that can help boost their profile. But I want to see that bottom line come up a little bit. I want to see the platform. Like you said, the UFC has done a good job of that. I think that's a really good way to start to put women's sports on their own platform and not try to like hold them back. And it sounds so strange to say, It's like, if you have the WNBA game before the NBA game, you're forcing people to watch it. Well, no, you're not, but you're going to see who is actually invested and wants to give their time and support to it. And then you build on that. Stop trying to pull people that don't want to watch this stuff into it and start focusing on who is, even if it's only 10, 20, 30 people, because you never fucking know what that sparks Saudi Arabia. That arena is still 90% men probably, but them 10% little girls that are allowed in that arena, maybe that country's different 10, 15, 20 years. And then bam, some girl is telling the story. I remember when I was young
1: yeah.
2: <laughs> and Natalia conversation, but, too. but right? damn, I can we're all be inspired that. by somebody. Yeah. Like we're all inspired by somebody. The reason I do this is because of Rick Howe, Todd Vino, Sheldon McLeod. I can go back in time to Stuart Scott, Bob Cole, We all have a reason. We literally all have a reason for something that we do. True. You're a professional wrestler because you love it, but also because of individuals that have inspired you. Brew, I'm sure growing up, there were rappers that pushed you to be an MC, whether it was somebody locally or somebody that you just listened to. You know -hmm. what I'm saying? Like everybody's inspired by somebody, Mm -hmm. but you have to have the representation. And I think that it is very important that we have representation of women's sports, even if. Nobody's watching. Simple and plain. Simple Amen. and plain. Man, we, we, that was a heavy way to fucking... That's a good way sh- to wrap it up. Kevin Holland to bare-knuckle fighting to... <laughs>
4: We need to sport. listen to that back to find out how we got all to this situation. I, <laughs> I,
1: I want to say it's probably me because I'm always the one that goes off.
4: <laughs> Welcome to the ride of the 10 count, ladies and gentlemen. But
2: it's an important conversation. I think we ended the show with a very important yeah. conversation. I mean, we're three men having the conversation, so I can just hear some people like shivering and cringing oh, yeah. while they're listening. Yeah. But I do know that. I love you guys. Well, that's just it. Like, I think most people that are listening to this show, and if you're new to the project, thank you for sticking around for damn near three hours with us but mm. they know that it comes from the heart you know even when we're rude or a little bit blunt we only mean it because we're honest like the whole point of doing this is to be honest there's no point in lying it's like when you go to the doctor you're, why are you gonna lie about your health your doctor's gonna help
4: you. these guys call me truth i cannot
2: lie on this show that's just it that's just it man so that's gimmicks, it fellas for the that's, it. that's it that's it well boys Enjoy the weekend. Uh, we got Fury and Wilder. And hopefully, hopefully it's, it's 4-1 Red Sox right now. Just finished up the sixth inning. So hopefully me and Brew got a little bit of playoff baseball yeah. to look forward to. And uh, yeah, that's about it, fellas. Thanks, uh, thanks as always for sticking around and having faith and all this shit. It's the 10 count. It's the pod hey. shot,
4: baby. Um. At Pod Shop Network, YouTube, <laughs> Twitter, well, soon to be YouTube, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, you know the deal. Dude, what's up. This man had the theme music. Boys, you can the theme music. Bro, Uh-oh. where's my theme music? Uh oh. Oh, buddy. I wait till you wait.
2: You just wait. <laughs> it's a matter of Ladies
4: day. and gentlemen, October 16th, all you people in Yarmouth, come check me out uh as well as october 22nd all you people in bear river come check me out for north Park wrestling and october 30th all you fine local people that live around me that's been telling me for months Mm -hmm. yo bro as soon as you come to a local show i'm gonna be there bro you better be there october 30th we're in spryfield i got some shit going on so wrestling ladies and gentlemen wrestling (laughs) yeah this man
2: sounds like a rapper (laughs) <laughs> yo come see me at gus's pub and then come see me <laughs> shout, out- shout out to rude dog
1: if, if you have yo. on Instagram, he puts his drink up clanks it like you know buddy from trailer boys julian <laughs> yo this is rude dog man come check us out st john yada 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 we got ivy huh. And he's like, look after that. We're in Bedford. Rude, <laughs> that's what that's what sound like. This. Shout out to Rude Dog.
2: That was Rude exactly Rude Dog was booking shows that's during COVID. He was booking shows during COVID. He oh, said, he, hey, Yeah, yo. he didn't give a shit. No, he said, We're going to Dooley's on March 30th. Uh, <laughs> uh, all, all things pending, of course, because yeah. we can't even go to Dooley's on March 30th. But I got the show booked. Yeah. This man was literally the first person that had, like, anything because he had it booked in advance. and oh, then He when- was crossing borders. Dude. <laughs> <laughs> when shit lifted, Rude Dog had an event, man. <laughs> oh, that's funny. We gotta send, You got to send him this, bro. We got to send him this at the end. That's funny as oh, hell. 100%. Man, I respect that man's hustle. Listen, listen, I, I don't give a motherfuck. People make fun of people who are still doing their thing in their 30s and 40s and stuff. Tell that to Rude Dog's face. Ain't none of you guys had any of the energy or the commitment that that man had. So anytime I hear people making fun of MCs that are still doing their thing when they're older, you can suck one. Because the reason you're not doing it now when you're their age is because you fucking sucked and had no hustle. People like Rude Dog, nothing but love and respect. That's just my little two fucking men. I got a little bit angry at the end there. When my album drops, bro. I, that's the only reason I got mad at the end there because like I even have like considered doing it. And I'm like, nah, I can't do it. You know, maybe I'll do it. No, nah, I can't do it. Maybe I will not. But I'm not saying to myself I'm too old to do it. I'm just like, don't have the time skills. You know, I I don't know what I'm gonna write about. Like, I, da, 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 da. but when people bring up age, I'm just like, why? Mm-hmm. Why
4: why? It's never too late to try. <laughs>
2: <Yes>. <laughs> that's true.
1: That's the end right
4: there.